500 years ago he washed ashore the sole survivor of a shipwreck and upon the skull of the man who killed his dad he said i'm mad i must eradicate piracy injustice and cruelty and all my sons will follow me so evil doers will believe that this man cannot die the ghost who walks enemies beware the phantom's always there but you won't find the phantom he finds G'day everyone, and for those who have come in late, you're listening to the Phantom X-Band, the Phantom Podcast. This is episode 98, Comics and News, and my name is Jermaine, and I am joined today by the band, Stephen and Dan. How are you guys going? I'm doing well, mate, but the Phantom X-Band are we now? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I kind of screwed that one up, but never mind, people had a bit of a joke. I reckon no one would have even noticed that, that's why I just kept going. Noticed it, it stuck out like the proverbial dogs. No. I don't know if you kind of like picked it up, I kind of, I half, like, I half paused like, should I just start again or should I just keep going and see if anyone actually made, anyone actually listened to it? Maybe, uh, it. maybe we should write it out so there's a script there for you to read or something. I'm actually reading oh, off yeah. the script. <laughs> <laughs> and I still stuffed it up. Um, so how are we, guys? Happens to the best of us. Yeah, really good. Um, we've had a bit of a hiatus, I suppose, since the excitement yes. of uh, Supernova and um, a little bit of Phantom Overdosing, perhaps. And uh, we've we've all maybe uh, had a little bit of a rest period. And uh, I'm really pleased to be getting back into it, to be honest. Yes. Yeah, this, is, yeah. this is the first time we've sat down to record since um, since Supernova. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. That's right. June, so about a month. Yeah, yeah, just over five a month, weeks, maybe five weeks. Five weeks. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, so we apologise everyone for, I guess, you know, we've we've had good podcasts. We've had the wrap up and we've had the off one as well, and uh, that was a mammoth effort getting that one edited, Steve. Yeah, well done, um, Steve. But but you know Thanks. we we we've we've had commitments. Steve was sick. Like, you almost ended up in hospital, Stephen. Um, Dan was uh, uh, kicked out of the country, so his uh, football <laughs> team can actually win a couple of games. Don't um, even get me started on that. <laughs> and, and I heard that they have um, might have revoked your citizenship again. <laughs> um, oh, mate, at the, at the Brisbane airport at Customs, they, uh, <laughs> my photo was on the wall, uh, not to be let back <laughs> in the country. But, uh, it didn't work. But, uh, no, I'm, I'm delighted that my Brisbane Lions won three games in a row. I'm just disappointed that I was out of the country for all three of those and that they have lost every game since I've returned. So yes. <laughs> The, I would, would have been happy if they won two games in a row, or the three previous, to, or you know, one, two, yeah, yeah, three, yeah. start just a game earlier. Nah. But did they have to beat Hawthorne in Tasmania? Mate, Hawthorne are really? our, Hawthorne are our bunnies. Um, we haven't lost okay. to them this year, and in fact, Cameron Rayner, Cam Rayner has never lost to Hawthorne. So, uh... <laughs> who's Cam Rayner? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah. So, um. We've, yeah, we've been a little bit absent, but we're back. Uh, we've got a whole heap of stuff coming up. Yeah. Um, um, and, and we've got a couple of other pretty cool interviews and stuff as well. So we're going to fly through today's episode. Well, we're going to attempt to. Um, yeah, we'll be asleep by 11. 
we we have been <laughs> we have been told that anything over fifty minutes is too long for uh, certain punters, um, and I would suggest to them press pause and come back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, um, all right, so we're going to fly into start with the news, and the first bit of news up is to let everyone know that we do have that competition for the episode 100, where basically you leave a review on iTunes, and we pick the one that we like the best, whether it's funny, whether it's whatever. Um, there's been some really good reviews there, so we uh, thank everyone for those. But please, 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 if you're going to leave a review with a different screen name apart from your name, let one of the three of us know so we can actually keep yeah. track of it. Otherwise, <laughs> we can't put you in the competition. <laughs> maybe we, we maybe, don't know who you are. Yeah, we didn't maybe think that element of it through too much. <laughs> we wanted positive <laughs> reviews, but it's also nice to know where they've come from, especially if we yes. need to get in touch. <laughs> yes. And just so you guys know, we will be posting the statue out as well to you guys free of charge as well. So, you know, don't feel like um, you got to pay for it unless you're overseas and then maybe we might have to look (laughs) at something else. But we'll cross that bridge when it comes. But um, so, yeah. So, again, that's all on website. We'll give it another plug very, very soon. So, um uh, people are reminded of it as well. Now that, uh, uh, for all my jokes, now that we've remembered the password to the Chronicle Chamber website and uh, found that in the desk drawer um, and started <laughs> posting again. <laughs> oh, we've been pr- we've been pretty good with our with our posts. We're just a little bit lapsing or a little bit slow in some of the uh, podcasts, but you know there are circumstances. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So moving on. So first thing that we want to talk about in the news is new stuff to buy. Now, again, all this stuff is on the website, so we're going to fly through it. Um, We've got a search function, so, for instance, if we're talking about, let's say we're talking about um, stuff to buy, whether it's Fanon's Vault, because we will be talking about that. If you type in something like that or on our Facebook, you'll be able to find it. Um, First one we want to talk about, however, is the Melon Calendar. Uh, Dan, do you want to um, quickly uh, tell us about that? And, again, this is on the website as well. Sure, sure. So very exciting stuff um, in terms of the uh, Mallon calendar. They've produced all of the diaries and the and the calendars sporadically through the past. We had the new one come out in 2018 for the first time in a while. Um, we've been in touch. Uh, well, the, the 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 good folk at Mallon have been in touch with us, and, and we've been chatting. They're very keen to get out the 2019 calendar again, and, and in fact have sent us some images of what that's going to look like, which we're going to post on the website, etc. Um, and they're looking at a slightly different business model, which is, I guess, why uh, they've been in touch with us. And it's not just going to be selling through the Calendar Club, which is those little pop-up stalls that you see in uh, malls and that sort of thing around Christmas, but uh, and not just in newsagents, but very keen on direct sales to the public and, and looking for... Um, people to order them that way um, so the order form is available on our website it will be by the time this is um, this is available on air um, the podcast I mean and uh, you'll be able to go on there and see what it looks like so I really encourage people to get in on board and support this I know that some people will say oh, I can go and buy it at the news agents or I'll pick it up through the free website or whatever um, if you do pre-order it um, through the order form that you'll find on our website and uh, on our Facebook and, and in a few other places. There is also a bonus complimentary gift 
um, which, uh, speaking to, to Melon today, is going to be something that, um, you know, will be a cool little extra to have in your collection. So I like the sound of it, and uh, hopefully um, it, it, it'll be worth you chipping in. Uh, so it's going to cost you something like $32 by the time you have postage on top um, to, to pre-order that. Um, but, uh, yeah, well worth it, I think. Yes, definitely. All right, anything you need to add, Stephen, or should we move on? Oh, let's just move on. I'm just checking out the website and seeing okay. that it's not there yet. So I'm, so I'm, I'm learning all this for the first time. <laughs> I did see something come up on Messenger. I saw, I saw the cover yes. photo of, of the calendar. Yeah, and look, I, when, I, I got to say, when people the, listen to this, it will be on. It the will website. be there. <laughs> <laughs> look, I, I will say that the cover of the the calendar, which we we've seen and I've shown you guys, um, I, I really like it. I think it's a, a nice classic mm. um, image. I, I, it's it's got uh, Wilson McCoy overtones, but it's a brand new image and and also feels a bit Scandinavian to me. I thought too. It is. It's a um, it's a cover from uh, Rolf Ghost. Mm. I can't remember what where when it actually came from, but by the time the article comes up, we will have that information. Yep. Um, so yeah, so it's I think it's a Christmas album cover. I think. Um, but yeah, it's, I like it. It's yeah. a great one. Um, and again, yeah, we've so. just, we've just seen it in the last couple of hours really. So, um, as Jim says, uh, more information will be on the website by the time you hear this. Yes, exactly. So, okay. So next thing we need to talk about stuff to buy is that all of the through supernova stuff. So all the stuff that you could buy from through is now available on their website. So if you've missed out or if you were a bit like us and you chose not to buy everything because you didn't have any money left... (laughs) um, (laughs) Or or, or suitcase room. (laughs) Or Um, money got unexpectedly uh, drained. Yes, you got cut off. Uh, You can now buy it from the free website. So... We won't bother going through all of that type of stuff. Just head over to their website and you can do it. So all the posters, folios, uh, super jam covers, all that type of stuff is there. Messenger bags? Uh, before, messenger oh, bags. Well, are they on there now, are they? will be, no. But, no. <laughs> uh, messenger, so not quite all the stuff. <laughs> the messenger bags and the Kid Phantom trade paperback, which was the printer's proof uh, that sold out, and the messenger bags, which was like a, a advanced... Prototype, prototype type of thing, yep. yeah, they sold out, but they will be on. They will be available soon. But all Kid, the posters, the, prints, and comics. Kid Phantom folios, trade paperback is due in August, so again, probably yeah. not long after July, this comes August. out. Yeah. Now, and having said that, I, I know it's all available on Fru, but um, my local comic shop is getting real behind it, and um, yeah, they've got in the the, the folios, and, and and I think, or I haven't been in there, I'm planning on going in there this weekend, but they said that they were getting a couple of the um, Supernova covers in as well. So, um, Oh, wow. So that's pretty cool. For anyone in Ballarat, go down to Heroes HQ and um, and check out yes. what, what um, Phantom stuff that they've been able to pick up. Yeah, and, and that's good. It's good that, you know, they're doing that. So um, Yeah, I reckon it's awesome. Yeah, that's very exciting. They, so, they were quite impressed with, with the messenger bag, too, when I brought that in. Uh, is that just so you can did, show off? Yeah, oh, well, did I show off? <laughs> she, she, started, she started talking about, oh, and they've got this bag. Oh, you mean like this one? <laughs> oh, no way. 
And then I pulled out the yes. signed stuff that I got. Ah, <laughs> uh, very good. Have to brag. You spend all that money, so you got to get something out of it. And she was very oh. impressed. I know we're talking about kids' fandom later, um, but she was impressed. Um, remember, I, I walked down um, in Sydney with Paul Mason and um, and Amanda. Mm. Yeah. Um, when I was talking with Paul, and I you know, said where I was from, he goes, "Oh, isn't that Heroes HQ?" And when I told told the the lady there that you know he actually knew your store by name, she was she, you couldn't want this much. She went all giddy. It was incredible. <laughs> uh, uh, Paul, you, you made a middle-aged lady's day. <laughs> you know what? It's probably, it's probably not the first time either. Um, <laughs> uh, um, so, yes. Uh, the next thing that is available to buy is the Spanish hardcover daily reprint. Uh, so, Details on Volume 2, which is out now, and we've also reviewed Volume 1 as well. On YouTube? I was gonna, yeah, I was going to show it but we're not doing video today. So uh, I've got it right next to me and everything, but never mind. That's It's a beautiful book. Uh, I haven't got volume two yet. Um, but everyone who's seen it loves it as well, and it's got an interview by Joan Boyd as well. And, um, so that, just again, put, put, put up for the benefit of us. We've got video going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just check That's out our YouTube consistent. channel, mate. <laughs> it's, it's um, by... Just um, by way of comparison, Jim, in your own opinion, um, it's obviously the mostly comparable to the Hermes at the Hermes Press yes. books at the moment, um, other than obviously foreign language. Price-wise, is it uh, comparable there? To get it in, I priced it up. It's about fifty to sixty bucks. Okay, so that's um, that's certainly cheaper than the than the Hermes. It's a smaller yeah. book though in terms of geographical yes. size, I suppose. Um, comics, it's like the amount of stories in there about the same. Yep. But the size of that physical size of the actual book, it is smaller. Yeah. Okay. I think I do do a comparison of that on the video as well. You probably did. But it's a great, it's a great. Now, obviously, you can't read it if you don't know how to read Spanish. Spanish. Uh, Spanish. Spanish. Yep. yep. Um, but you know, it's a, it's a nice coffee size book. It goes well with um, the other Herms and the Siberian guys have done a couple of reprints as well. Yeah. So I like it. A couple of other fans, I know a few Australians that have picked it up because of uh, us promoting it and our review as well. So um, yeah. Uh, Can you wave it in front of the computer again? Because I had it on the small screen, and then Dan started talking, and then it went to him. Okay, how's that? Yeah, how's that? I'll keep Beautiful. talking, Dan, be quiet. What, what if I start talking now? Is that going to oh. cause you problems? No, no, no. I'm <laughs> going to minimise now that I've seen it. Uh, this is so, great. Yeah. great podcasting, this is. <laughs> All right. So the last thing that we can buy is that Phantom's Vault has uh, those Diamond um, promo stickers. Now, Diamond was a comic that, uh, a publisher that produced some fandom comics back in the 90s, and they had some fandom promo stickers and some other characters as well. They had, like, Mandrake and, and some others as well that were uh, Indian-created, but also King Features as well. Mm-hmm. So there's there was there's about five different versions of the stickers. I think I have them all. I'm not really sure, but Fandom's Vault only has the one. About five bucks. Brilliant price. Uh, and then they've also got the Scarlet Sapphire unsigned to go with the signed as well. So um, if you didn't pick up the signed one, which I think there still are some available and it's a bit too much and you just want a copy to read, you can pick up the sign, unsigned one as well. So, so there's some brilliant a, stuff there. I did see a little bit of commentary on Facebook today. Is it also available on Fru's website? 
Yeah, it is, which um, I find rather interesting. But mm. when we dis- when we talked with uh, Elon, he did make mention that they've kind of got a bit of a uh, a um, what do you call it? A relationship with Fru, and let's be honest, Fans Vault, Fanfare, and Fru are really kind of the one company. Three, three heads um, of the same beast at the moment. So do we call them Hydra or what? Um, <laughs> Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if down the track it just becomes the one, the one, yeah. the one rather than the three because it kind of does get a little bit confusing for everyone. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah, it'll be, it would be interesting yeah. to see. Um, you know, w- not that we're ever going to find out, but um, whether there are more sales of something like this through through or through uh, Phantom's Vault. Yeah, well, Phantom's Vault, to be honest, has that bit of an issue with the shipping and stuff like that. So I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of get more uh, through yeah. the free website. But I and, guess it depends on what you're looking to buy as correct, well. Correct, other things you want to throw in the basket. Yeah. Yes. All right, so moving on, now we've got some publisher news. So we'll just quickly shoot through these. Again, it's all online. Hooms uh, Press had, were, were kind enough to let us ask them six hard questions, I will say, and the answers are on the website, and we will be doing a podcast with them. So, uh, I'm, I guess I'm a, a bit excited about that. Looking forward to speaking to yeah. Dan. Yeah, Dan's an interesting fella. Everyone that I've talked to who knows Dan says that he knows his stuff. Uh, very knowledgeable. Got a, got a has a great collection of original artwork and stuff like that. Um, we were actually able to help. Dan finds some uh, Don Newton original artwork, um, which will be getting sorted out very soon for that book, which a lot of a few people are starting to whinge about because they want that book as well. So that's also some good news as well. Now, if you're a Patreon subscriber uh, and you have some questions for Herms, start shooting those through because we will be uh, doing that interview soon as well. Mm-hmm. But that's only for the Patreon listeners because, let's face it, they get special treatment. <laughs> and then uh, they'll get an email specifically requesting uh, their, their yes. input soon. Yes. And then there's a couple of other little short little interviews with some new Fruit and Egmont creators as well. But again, read it all on the website. All right. How long have we taken with that? I reckon that must be the shortest news we've ever done. It was pretty quick, even with uh, a few tangents put in. Yeah, I only had to cut off Dan 20 times. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we'll get down to the comics, because this is, let's face it, this is what everyone's interested about. This is what we've been interested about. Um, you know, we've been madly reading the last couple of days, catching up. Uh, when we first did this, we thought we had 10 issues, 10 or 12 issues to review. Uh, luckily, we found out we've only got about 8 or 9, so we're kind of <laughs> ex- ex- ecstatic about that. Yep, yep. So the first thing we're going to talk about is Kid Phantom because I think it's fair to say that uh, it, it's a bit of a fan fave for young kids and old kids. So, um, yeah. Stephen, do you want to shoot us off with uh, a couple of thoughts of what you like about Kid Phantom number five? What I like about Kid Phantom number five, I had a bit of a, a, a quick read of it uh, this afternoon, so I wasn't looking for... Um uh, for any Easter eggs, I just read it purely for the story. Um, something that that really struck out to me was um, how the, um, Andrew and of course Paul with his art can make something so simple and mundane as a ship pulling into port become a fantastic adventure where 
not only um, do they have to um, recapture a bad guy who gets sprung on his way to jail, but you've also got cameos. Are we allowed to say the um, the cameos? Yeah. You got you got cameos of the Fab Four who also put in a dig at Ringo, which I. I had a good old chuckle of that, good old Ringo. Well, it looks like a hot day's night, and Paul just thinking, oh, you dopey bastard. Um, <laughs> See, and, and Muhammad I'm not, Ali. I'm not, a, I'm not a Beatles fan, but I knew there was some. I knew there was a reason with that whole comment. Like, I, I, I knew there was a joke, an inside joke. It yeah. went over my head because I'm not a fan <laughs> of Beatles. And you must know the Beatles young. have a song called "Hard Day's Night." Surely, you're not no. that young. And that and that Ringo is no. the special one. So I'm, I'm the young one here. These are all old farts. <laughs> wow. And I, love, love, and I love the look that um, George has on his face, as, as you say. It was, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was great. Um, but, yeah, I'm really enjoying the, the, the Kid Fannin stories. The, and, I, and I said this in the in the Messenger today. I, I look, I, I'm enjoying them more than the, the regular series at the moment. Um, I must I was, say, when, when the... Yeah, when the envelope arrives, if it's a Kid Phantom, I read that on the day, where if it's a regular, um, I'll put that to one side and I'll read it when I have a moment. So, Stephen, why is that? Yeah. And then I'll get Dan to answer that one. Why is that? Why are you preferring this one more than the regular fruits? And I'm uh, going to ask just, you the same question, Dan, um, so make sure you're ready as well. I think that will become evident when we re- start reviewing some of them, because otherwise okay. I'm just going to be saying the same thing twice. But um, okay. I, I've... With a couple of the of the issues that we've got, I've actually done a prop, my proper little checklist. You know, a few little notes. The last couple that I read, I just read and, and I didn't have time to make my notes. But I've got a couple of notes on a couple of them, and and hopefully that becomes evident about um, why I'm, I'm not enjoying some of the the late the stories at the moment. Um, however, Kid Phantom knocks it out of the park every time, as far as I'm concerned. Um, and and that's and this was just reading it. Um, you know, just scanning it um, on, on my letter, say on my phone with a, with a copy. But um, <laughs> well, you, you haven't been able maybe, to buy it in the store yet, so we made sure that you were able to see the copy that we'd received. That's it. I was extremely disappointed when I walked into the news agency the other day when you guys were all saying that it's out, and you know, Facebook was saying it's out, and it wasn't there. I knew I hadn't. I couldn't get to the comic shop, so I thought I'll get to the I'll get your news agency. Mm. I'll, I'll buy two copies of it anyway. Mm. So, um, and they said, "Oh no, that's not coming out till you know August 25th." I thought, "Oh, are you sure?" Anyway, so I left very disappointed. But then I was elated again when I got to got to read it um, this yes. afternoon. So, Dan, why do you prefer reading this one than the other ones? Is it very similar as what Stephen was saying? Um, Is that just the quality uh, of the story and the art? Well, it's both of the... Like, step one, you know, there's no doubt I enjoy reading it with my son. Um, He's, you know, as we've said a number of times, he's right in the ballpark for the the target audience, and he loves reading them. He he reads them before I do. Um, It's good, actually, because he gets his own copy. He rips it open, and and we both read that, and so my copy becomes a collecting copy, and I don't have to open it, which is good. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But uh, but look, as far as the story goes, I really like what Andrew's doing um, with the script in terms of the first two or three pages pick up from the end of the last story. Um, So that really draws you back into it and makes you remember, okay, the last story finished, and, and there's a natural conclusion, but then the kind of the, the resolution or the tail of that kicks off the next one, which I, I really like. It, it ties the whole thing together as a threat. Yeah. 
It's like a pre. It's like a for those who came in late, but you're actually getting more of the story. With, yeah. Because um, I actually I went back and read like issue three, four, and five today. It compels you to do um, that, doesn't it? Yeah, and it's kind of like like you know you you you, you it's like a because sometimes it's like you know like you get a pre-league or or, or a, you know for those who come in late and it's like I don't need that just mm. you know kind of give it's wasting space where this is giving you that information but it's carrying on so it's one story after another while the while there's definite chapters yeah it's still you know it, it's it continuation really not. Yeah. yeah and it, yeah, it's so, it's certainly not rehashing old new you know old story it's it's genuine new plot but it ties in and and I really like how these are providing you know, just those couple of pages at the start are providing some of the most human moments between mm. Kit and Garan as well and and you're really getting that that depth of relationship um, yes. coming through there so um, and I love in this one in particular that um, you know the I don't know how to describe them. The wealthy benefactors that step in and, and uh, look after the kids um, have the good mark of the Phantom, and so again that ties that whole idea of um, yeah. of, of the Phantom and, and the goodness and the morality and all that sort of stuff of um, of mm. the idea um, <laughs> together. And when, when I was, and when I was reading this, I thought, who the heck are these two people? Where, where they come from? I don't remember seeing them in the in the other issue. And then when it's evident that you know he's got the good mark on his on his wrist or on his hand, they thought, ah, oh, that's why. Mm. Yeah, that's why they're there. And, yeah. and, you know, it's explained that Grant found them, of course. Yeah, of course. Which, I don't know if anyone knows, but it's on his right wrist. Now, is the good mark always on the on the, on the the left, or is it doesn't matter and it's only on the left because it's on what? It's only on the Phantom's left. Uh, oh, look, I, it's probably the first time I've seen it on the outside of the hand, too. Usually it's on the inside of... You're right, but you're right. It probably is usually on the inside of the left wrist, but, uh, yeah... Yeah, I don't think it's a big deal in the end of the day. <laughs> that one didn't worry me at all. No. Yeah, no, it didn't. Oh, to be honest, I've looked at that picture probably, what, 10 times in the last, you know, couple of days. Yeah. And I've only just thought of it then. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I'm looking at my wrist and making sure, you know, spinning <laughs> around. Right. Making sure, you know, because I made, yeah, just making sure that I, you know, don't make it too, too much of a fool of myself. Well, um, you'd be in trouble if you actually had to uh, draw it yourself. <laughs> Imagine the... Uh, the <laughs> Double thinking that would go into that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm also, um, I'm really liking um, the splash pages that Paul's putting into this. And, yeah. and I guess that you mentioned the arrival at uh, in port there, um, Steve. The the double page spread on, was it, eight and nine. I think that's just magnificent. Um, yes. You know, the, the detail of, yeah, the cruise ship, but also... Um, the Tower of London and, and London Bridge. You've got Big Ben on the other side, so some really, um, you know, some really sharp architectural drawings. Some, you know, the the, the, yes. the emotion in the faces of uh, of Kit and Garan as they as they, you know, wide eyed looking around the town. Bad guys in the corner, like you mentioned, the, the classic icon, the the icons of um, of England with the the guards and the you know the mods um, from the 60s and that sort of thing. You know that sort of thing I really like. There's the the Big Ben again on page I think 17 um, as Kit steps out into the world. That big single page. There's another one here somewhere as well. Yes. Uh, you know I'm really I'm really enjoying the way that just that single image or you know montage across a couple of pages mm. tells such a story in itself. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, something else. Um, 
this is probably the first issue where um, it's evident that it's set in the 60s, whereas everything yeah. else seems to be you know, any other time. But, Could have been you know, timeless, the Beatles yeah. there and, um, uh, and Ali and, and the rest of them. Um, yeah, this is the first one where it really, you know, it, it, it date, well, dates. It probably, yeah. Dates usually sound like a, like, a, like a bad way, but it actually puts this story into a, a certain time. Yeah. What did you, because we, that was a, a point of debate, you know, 18 months ago when we first learned that this was going to be set in the 60s. Um, and lots of people, you know, and we, we were certainly up and down about it ourselves. Um, what are your thoughts about the way that's turned out? Um, well, I think the 60s probably makes more sense than the 30s. When this story was originally first done, was actually it would have been, it would have been what about 1910 or something like that. If you're going to be really, really true to um, Lee Fawkes' time, yeah. yeah, it would have been 1910. So this time makes more, this makes more sense. Uh, it still and ages it, the Phantom a lot, so there's still that that continuous issue. But I think this is a lot better. This makes more sense. Um, so that's from a from a, that point of view, um, the sorry, setting it in the sixties still gives it a reason, or gives them a reason to be travelling by boat mm-hmm. rather yeah, than going by a true. plane. True, true. Although, and, uh, although you know, my mum travelled on a boat to get some place and stuff like that, and that was in the that would have been the seventies. So mm. yeah, I, I think too, it's a. It is a good way to be able to pull on stereotypes and and icon- stereotypes again. That's not in any sort of a negative way. It's familiar images and iconic images, like what I was talking about about the yeah. um, the British uh, fashion um, of the sixties and the and the Beatles and and that sort of thing. You, it's instantly recognisable as Britain, for instance, and and as mm. London. Because um, you were around you- then, weren't you? <laughs> not quite. Not quite. Um, <laughs> But it is. I think it's, it's, yeah, I think it's safe to say that it's definitely. Uh, when I asked Glenn about the '60s, he you could tell it was definitely a uh, an era that he liked. Yeah, for um, sure. So for sure. I, I think I think there was definitely a bit of editor pull on it. Um, but you know, there's a, the '60s has a lot of great uh, iconic. You know, with with the ones that we've seen, we've seen what two iconic characters and stuff in here yeah um and so uh you know i can i can i can understand now mm. it'll be interesting to see how it, yeah. how it manifests itself in yes. the new york and and you know yes. once once the travel stops and and uh, kit and ultimately well ultimately just kit i suppose because in the story um the son of the phantom the, the garand does mm. go home um yeah. what that looks like when the, the story settles into its rhythm of him being based in America and going through school. Yeah. The other thing that I'm interested in remembering is my memory might be a little bit hazy and sketchy after 18 months, but when we talked with Glenn and Andrew, I was about to say Andre, um, but Andrew, um, they may mention that they were going to put two iconic British characters in the comic. Mm-hmm. We guessed the Beatles, which was rather the obvious one, but they, we couldn't guess the second one, and they wouldn't tell us. So I wonder if we've missed it in this issue or whether we're going to see it in the next issue. Well, I, I, didn't Glenn say something about the most famous 
female or something? I think was that what it was? The most famous female of the sixties or in, something like that. In which case, um, and and again, we're showing our lack of age, perhaps, but maybe it's one of the two women on page uh, eight in that montage, uh, just above Kit's head there. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Sorry, but, uh, Paul. If 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 and when you're listening to this, um, I feel like it certainly won't be your fault that we don't recognise the them. Good I'm thing sure. Is, though, is, <laughs> if, if, when Paul does listen to this, it'll probably be at one or two o'clock, and uh, we'll all be asleep. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and and look, as as far as the story goes, I really like the way that Garan is a, a genuine, you know, part. Member of the partnership, um, you know, he's injured in this one, and but he encourages Kit to go on. Um, yeah. When Gus read it, he was really excited that the purser from episode two had made a comeback, and so there, there was that recurring <laughs> villain. Um, he yeah. he was really pleased with that. Um, he he was very keen to tell me all about that. He did he, he did uh, interpret Muhammad Ali as being grand, just a bit more grown up. And uh, <laughs> so he was he was pretty pumped at, um, at uh, so the nuance was missed missed on him there, um, but you know that's going to be awesome when he goes back and reads it over the years to to have that second um, you know go at the comic and interpretation of the story. So yeah, do you think do you think the Muhammad Ali was kind of you know you know when you watch a kids movie like The Incredibles or or uh, Shrek, or, you know, those type of classics that you, that parents have to watch 20 times, mm. that there's those adult jokes or those little adult things that keep the adults entertained. So I wonder oh, if, like, sure. Muhammad Ali's kind of like, you know, like for all those parents and dads out there who are reading it to their kids for the 20th time, it's like, you know, something that they can kind of, like, get a, a, a get a nice little chuckle out of. Yeah, for sure. Because, um, you know, I don't think I'm the worst parent in the world that my son doesn't know who Muhammad Ali was. We just, uh, we're not a boxing family. <laughs> so, um, you know, but sure as he, well, he doesn't know, he wouldn't have picked up on the Beatles either. So, um, you know, it's good. There are those, uh, those moments in there for the older readers too. Yes. And I, now, I, and oh, I do sorry. like the product. Oh, sorry, I like the product placement. I'm waiting for this backpack to come out into shops. We've got, oh. we've got the satchel bag. Where's that backpack? Yeah, the the duffel bag or the sports bag he had in, um, you know, packed in episode one. Episode yeah, one. Now the backpack. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Definitely. Now we've found. Obviously, there's the the big Easter eggs, the obvious ones which we found tonight which we've discussed tonight. There's one other one that we've found, and I'm sure there's a couple of others as well. So what we're going to do is we're not going to, we're going to post them on our social pages, but we're going to wait a little while so it kind of gives everyone a chance there, there is a, to kind of identify there is, them. So. There is one that I feel like I should point out to you guys now. Um, I mean, the, the one that we've discussed on Messenger today, yes. There's another one that I've picked up just in the probably 20 minutes or half hour before recording, and I feel like we should talk about it. Okay, what's that? <laughs> is, it, <laughs> is it pretty good? It's on... Uh, <laughs> it's not. I did, I did ask uh, Paul about the very last page where um, there's some pretty good work, pretty good. Uh, but apparently that is completely unintentional and coincidental. Sorry, Jamie, if you're listening, that's... Uh... <laughs> but, uh, no, I'm, I'm talking about page 31, if you, if you can see that. Have you got the... Can you flick to that on your phone, Steve? Yeah, I'm looking at it now, 31. Yo. 
Yep. 31. So, 33, 33. The, the giveaway for me, the giveaway, like, I, I didn't get this because it was the absolute last thing I would have expected, but the giveaway for me, the panel in the middle on the right, halfway down the page. So, the pose on the, at the ropes? Yep. Hey, what are you doing? The, the panel with that caption? Yeah. 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 Look at what the journalist is writing. Oh. Oh. I cannot, hang on, let me zoom in. Where's my zoom, I think? I can't read it. Looks like XR5 or XR3 to here. I can't you're, read that. You're pretty close. What, X-Band? Yes. <laughs> so you're saying that's you, the bald-headed dude? I suspect it is. <laughs> And uh, I don't think I'm on my own on that page. Who, the other, who else is on it? I think um, this is a great promotion just a little longer. I think that might be Steve. <laughs> Which one is Steve? This is the old bloke, isn't he? <laughs> this is great promotion just got a little longer. <laughs> and I think that uh, down lower... Underneath, you're never going to catch me. I think that might be you, Jim. Actually, oh shit, we'll climb it. <laughs> I, I think definitely. Where you going at? Yeah, that that XBA, that's got to be expand. Yeah, we'll climb it. Let's climb it. <laughs> I've, still, I've still got my little notepad that I write things in when I go to shows. I'm. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to get in touch with Paul after we finished here and just double check and then we may have to edit this part out if I'm horribly wrong. But uh, well, even if you're horribly <laughs> wrong, let's just let's just claim it. Let's I'm, just I'm not the guy on the, the, the Skelly Cap, am I? Oh, well, maybe you are. Yeah, maybe you are. Oh, oh actually, because you wore that, you wore that hat to. Um, you wear it. Well, you yeah. wear it all the time. Yeah, actually, maybe yeah. that's it. Maybe that's you there. <laughs> Because you said you wore that hat down to uh, Supernova for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if this is true, I, I'm not going to be able to wipe the smile from his face. That's... <laughs> <laughs> he's going to wake up in the morning and he's going to have the smile on his face, and then he's going to have to ask him some some uh, some some questions. <laughs> oh, he's so happy first thing in the morning. Uh, I'm I'm definitely claiming the bald guy riding X band. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, anything else you want to raise that, about Kid Fan? That Fandom? really does look like Jim. Yeah. Anything else you want to raise about Kid Fan before we move on? Because we've got another like another twelve or another ten comments <laughs> to review. No, so. no, just uh, no, imagine the stuff. Yeah. Let's All right. Get, so let's well, do just just to acknowledge we did five. see some other Easter eggs and uh, as we, as Jim yes. said, we'll post them say, soon. But yeah, we want to let other people let's see if they can spot them first, um, and then yeah, we've only spotted one other one in on this one, but. We've had kind of quick reads of it, so I'm sure we'll find a couple more. We usually find three or four an, ep- uh, an issue. So if you do find some, post them up and we can have a bit of a discussion about them as well. <coughs> okay, giant size number five. Now, with the psychedelic, keeping up with the 60s thing. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so um, now this, this has got 200-odd pages. Now, I must admit, I enjoyed reading this. I didn't enjoy all the stories. Um, I was about to say you guys need to sell this for me because I haven't, I haven't, well, I've got it, but okay. I haven't, I haven't opened it, I haven't read it. So sell it to me. Why should I be reading this? 
okay, why you should be reading that? That's a good. That's a good point because a lot of a lot of not a lot, but some fan fans will be in the same um, case as you, Stephen. So these are people who may have got it or may have not got it, and they're umming ahhing about whether they want to get it. So let's let me try and sell you one. It's a great cover. Um, well, you can see that without opening it. Yeah, I, said, I, said, I, I do open right. it. <laughs> right. But um, the thing that I like about it, it's got, it's got a, it's got a great introduction. It's got some great fillers, like with um, you know, stuff by at the back and the, at the front and all that, with about the panther and some of these other characters. I would personally prefer if they stuck to more Lee Fork type of stories, like stories. I can understand Shangri-La because it's it's not a bad story. The art's good. Uh, it's a Charlton story. It's probably one of the better pre-Don Newton Charlton stories, if that kind of makes sense. Um, there's some great artwork in that one. Um, the Phantom seems to have deja vu a little bit, keeps visiting Shangri-La. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, as, as Glenn that, says in the intro, it's, it's not such a secret, really, when the companion keeps going back. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. The thing that I like most about it is probably the non-Phantom stories. First of all, the Phantom Ranger. I really enjoyed this. Now, I was a little bit dubious about the first part because it featured the, Phant- uh, the Phantom Ranger being zapped by aliens. Now, that was kind of like a uh, moment. But this one... Is great, and there's a great twist at the end where the woman that uh, he falls in love with. Um, well, don't spoil could, it for me. There could be don't an issue with that. That's all I'm going to say. Um, the artwork's really good in this. It's some of Filming's uh, better, more recent work, in my opinion. Um, the the angles that he's done, um, the way he's drawn, um, some of the like the ladies and that, like they're not overly sexualized which we can say has been him in the past uh so that's the phantom ranger really liked um the other ones that i really liked was the modern version of um planet man now in my opinion this is a you've got to read this because this is kind of going to help us see what the artist here is massimo he's the top he's the guy that's is doing some more phantom work so if you want to see what type of style he's likely going to be drawing our Phantom in, have a read of this because it, it could give us a bit of an insight of the type of Phantom we're going to get. Also, the Planet Man, the thing that I like about this, and I've talked to um, uh, Christopher Secura about that, is that it's based in Australia. So if you kind of get a bit of a kick of seeing your a characters with an Australian influence, you'll like this, and it's... Because it's, you know, it's not he's not stuck in Metropolis or New York or, or something like that. You know, he's in the western suburbs of Sydney. So I, I like that. That story was, I'm not a real science fiction type of guy, but I enjoyed the story. It kept me intrigued, and I will, if there's more of these, I will read them. The other one that I really liked is The Raven. Now, the raven, this story, the raven. There's the front cover for you, Stephen. No one else can see it, but um, it's a great origin story. And he's a really, he's like a, he's kind of 
best way I can describe him is he's almost like another type of Batman where he becomes really, really dark because of tragedy and, and stuff like that. So I was really impressed with the Raven. I really enjoyed the story. Of is that like a homage to um, Edgar Allan Poe's um, poem or something like that? Uh, I'll let you read it. Right. <laughs> but they're the stories in here that 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 made me enjoy this whole issue, this whole comic, is those is the Phantom Ranger, the Modern Planet Man, and the Raven. Those three stories stood out to me out of this issue. Mm. Uh, so they're the I, reasons why I think you should read it. <laughs> I, I was a bit like you, Steve. I, it it uh, arrived as part of the subscription, which I thought was fantastic. That uh, the annual, you know, a two hundred and twelve page annual just arrived as part of the part of the subscription. They didn't charge more for it or, or anything like that. So I thought that was really really cool. Um, but um, I didn't actually open it, or, or I had a real quick flick through it. Um, didn't actually sit down to read it until preparing for this tonight because I thought oh, I'll read the I'll read the Phantom story at least. Um, first time I've read the that Charlton story, or because um, I haven't collected the American comics before, so I haven't really seen many of the Charlton stories. So I was I was impressed that um, Fru have actually got the rights to to reprint the Charltons and that sort of thing. I think that's um, you know a real a real positive and um, something that would be good to see more of. Um, because I, I can't wait till they yeah I can't wait till they do the Don Newton ones, but I hope because like Fru did a couple probably 20 years ago, but they were very poor quality, like they were really dark and gloomy and stuff, so I hope they do Don Newton ones, and I hope they like they make they do a good job of it, because those mm. stories are amazing mm. and I just, I really liked Jim Aparo's artwork on this, to be honest mm. Like, mm. Um, you know, the, the, the story um, you know everybody seems to know who the Phantom is, he just, he walks around in his suit, and everyone, oh hey Phantom, how you doing? Um, people are just wandering in and out of the deep woods like they own the place. So there are elements that are not quite right, but uh, as a whole, I uh, I really enjoyed the story. I agree with yes. um, what you said about Phantom Ranger, Germ, because I did, you know, by that stage I was like, oh, that's right, I um, I flicked over and, oh, that's right, this is the uh, the same style and that sort of thing that we read in the annual. Um, so I had the time to, to go through and read this. And I think that, um, I agree with what you said about um, filming's work lately and, and how this is a really good examples of you know some of the, the better work he's been doing recently and I wonder if uh, doing Phantom Ranger as opposed to Phantom has freshened him up a little bit um, yeah, and, and, and he's got a new zest for it there are so many um, homages to Phantom like the whole drinking milk stuff um, some of the, the kissing scenes yeah um, the scenes where he he kisses the girl he's fallen in love with, a couple of those panels are you know could be lifted from Cy Barry, um, mm. just exactly the same posing and that sort of stuff. Um, it did, and and I'm not certainly being hopefully not overly critical of um, uh, of him in in the writing of it. It feels a little bit overwritten in places where a scene that might take two or three panels ends up going across a page and a half or two pages. Um, so in that sense, you know, uh, it could, I feel like it could have been trimmed up a little bit. But as a whole, I thought it, I, I enjoyed the story. Um, Planet Man, the the Massimo drawn uh, Sequira, Christopher Sequira written. Um, I apologise, Chris, I haven't actually read this yet. Um, I have I have flicked through it though, and I really enjoy the artwork. 
and really looking forward to seeing Massimo's um, take on the Phantom because it, I think that uh, the artwork is stunning. Um, I am looking forward to, to going back and reading this properly. Um, but it's not Phantom, and, and um, we're, this isn't a Planet Man podcast, so I didn't feel too too compelled to to read it before the podcast. I'll go back and read it afterwards. But uh, no, as as a as a volume, um, it is something that I'll enjoy going back and reading uh, a little bit more closely. And certainly, the Raven. Now that you've given it that sort of rap germ, I'll um, I'll get into. No, worries. so Stephen is has it encouraged you to read it? Pick it up and go. Yeah, read it. well, I've got a trip to Sydney coming up next week, so I might. Gives me something to read up on the plane. Hmm. Awesome. All right. Free? We need our commission now. Yep. <laughs> well, we haven't sold him anything. We're just getting him to read it. He's already bought it. <laughs> I've already bought the thing. <laughs> okay. Let's move on to the next one. Phantom's World number five. Now, <laughs> I'm in the same boat. I bought this one, but I haven't read it as well. <laughs> can, I, can I say, uh, Jim, I'm really enjoying how you keep showing us the uh, the covers of these it's the... kind of hinting you, like, okay, we're moving on now, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm getting practice. And I'm getting practice. But when our for video when we... technology does work again. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So we apologise for everyone. Okay. We'll, we'll get that right for interviews. Five. Yes. Now, this has got... It's one part of one story, which is the Queen's Sabre. Mm-hmm. And then you've got... Death from the Sky, which is another new story written and done by uh, um, Felmaine. Mm-hmm. And then I am led to believe, but I'm, I cannot confirm it or I cannot say if it's true or not, but the third story, which is Racing the Devil, I think this may be an old Sparta story, but I cannot confirm that. So well, don't not... quote me on that one. The suggestion in... Here is that it's been published for the first time in Fru. Like the, they would usually put down the bottom of the ti- of the it. first page where it was first published, and here yeah, they're listing. I know. I know. I thought that as well, but the art's different. The art style is different. I did wonder I, if it was certainly older, some of his earlier work. Yeah, and and then I've seen I've seen something on Fan and Wiki that might suggest that this is an older. Story. Okay. I like I said, I cannot confirm it. Um, it's just one of those, you know, when you kind of think you know something and you're not really sure if you do or whether you're just <laughs> making up stuff. So it's one of those moments. So, um, so yeah. Now the three stories. Now, uh, Dan, have you read these? I have. Yes. Okay. What are your opinion on it? Because I know Stephen hasn't yet, and I think he's just fallen asleep. Ah, <laughs> like I said, 11 o'clock sleep. Oh, I won't last. <laughs> yeah, well, we've still got 45 minutes we need to rip in. Um, <laughs> look, it, it's, it's an artist showcase issue, and uh, it's Felming's art that is on showcase here. As it would happen, he's also um, authored all three stories. Um, I, you know, the artwork is magnificent. It really is, and there there are parts, there, there are panels in here which are just um, unreal. Um, there's some really classic phantom images here. There's some t- there's some elements which are, are so cyberry. It's it's amazing. Um, so I really enjoyed the artwork. Um, he he does a, a beautiful woman. We we all know that, and um, you know you've already mentioned that sometimes it, perhaps he goes over the top with it. There are, there are probably occasions in here where it might be a little bit over the top. There's one image of Diana that um, I know we've seen Cy Barry 
commissions and that sort of thing which has her dress like that. You don't expect to see it in a comic book necessarily. Um, the start. <laughs> <laughs> so you want to skip straight to that. It was in the second story. Uh, early in the second oh, story. page 56. Page 56. And look, even, yeah, e- well. even page 55, they're lounging yeah. on the beach, and there for go. some there reason... There you go, Stephen. So now you what? haven't opened it yet. I'll give you a reason to open it. Oh, so, <laughs> so there's... And, and even page 55, where um, they're, they're lounging on the beach, and for whatever reason, Diana's wearing her high heels. Um, seems like inappropriate <laughs> beach sand wear, but you know that's we're Australian and and Felmang's Italian. Maybe he doesn't quite understand how beaches operate. But um, look, um, the the artwork is is really really nice. The the stories I'm not such a fan of. The the plot lines mm-hmm. um, are quite bizarre. There's there's no real linear narrative. Um, think, things that are happening in the first two or three pages don't seem to make any sense later on. Um, I know that Queen of Saba is a part one of a, of a much longer story, so maybe it's all going to tie together, um, but the end of part one is almost, uh, they've all, he's almost used the it was all a dream motif, which is, uh-huh. which yeah, the other English teacher <laughs> in the room has the same response to me. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I don't know. Death from the Sky, which is the second story, I thought that was I thought that was pretty poor, to be honest. Um, That's the, band, the worst of them. The band are are just so gullible. You know, a, a foreign army lands <laughs> helicopters in the middle of the deep woods and just says, "Oh no, the Phantom said we were supposed to be here and train you as soldiers." And Garand goes. Oh, really? Oh, that, that sounds right. That doesn't yeah. sound right. No, no, well, I guess you're right. I guess he is. And so they all start training as soldiers. I mean, that's... Um, <laughs> yeah. The that's second a- story is the weakest. Um, I, I like the first... Well, the third story is probably my favourite of the three. And the I third. am correct. Yeah, yeah, Racing the Devil. Yep. Yep. I am correct. It is a 1967 story. Mm. Um, so I've confirmed that via Phantom Wiki. Um, second story, I just, I don't know, there was, I don't want to call them plot holes, but poor character development, yeah. poor, poor character, what is it like when you portray characters in a poor way? Um, like, Guran's just an ignorant savage, yeah. um, which he's not, he, that's, but that's the way he's portrayed in that one. Um, yeah. I, I like the way uh, Rex is portrayed in that one, I will give Cyberry that, I mean, uh, filming that. Rex shows a lot of guts and um, um, determination, fighting skills, um, and, and stuff like that. So I will. So I like the way Rex was portrayed in this story. Mm. Yeah. Apart I, from the, yeah. I am mindful that some of the dialogue, you know, it, it's obviously translated from Italian to English, and so maybe it's clunky at times because of mm. that. But that's just individual pieces of dialogue. The whole, the, the way that the plot moves and some of those character choices, and as you say, um, look, it's an artist showcase. And so yes. I, I kept being going back to myself going, right, no, enjoy it for the art. Um, there's a suggestion in one of the... One of the forum letters across the many issues we've read that suggests that maybe there should be a writer's showcase issue, and um, I think that'd be cool um, to have a writer mm-hmm. a writer showcase issue which featured maybe three or four different artists interpreting one um, writer's work. Um, 
this is not a writer's showcase issue. No. <laughs> Phil Mangs is a better artist that. than he is a writer. Um, mm. Oh, yeah. th- He's an excellent, I, I think, excellent artist. I think, you know, um, yeah. Uh, it was interesting to see Renee White get a mention in the first story. Yes, yep. Um, I didn't, like, the first story I didn't mind. There's a lot of parts of this story that kind of, that I'm kind of like, I kind of, um, mm. uh, rem- reminded of other Phantom stories, like the whole being bitten by a mumba and then having a, you know, um, crashing the plane in the desert and then seeing somebody that is not, that is not sure if they're real or not. That's a Phantom story. I think it's called Death from the Sky. I believe it is, or, or something like that. It's a Phantom story that I actually just recently read. So there's a lot of Phantom stories that are kind of borrowed for this story. Um, yeah. And then there's... You remember that um, fork? Wasn't that fork just a Barry? recent daily, what you were describing there? No, I don't know. Commander fork, X. Fork of, yeah. John oh, X. John oh, X. Yeah, John X, yeah. There's, there's, yeah. Yeah, but in John X, he doesn't... Um, Fall in love with a, a, a tyrant queen and become her bodyguard, and no. um, you know, uh, I, I don't did he, I don't think he killed anybody, but like he you know beat up on people and that sort of thing on behalf of the queen. Mm. The, the, he he compl- oh, yeah. no, it's, it's, I can't find the issue, okay. but um, but yeah, and then there's also there's that there's that Fork Barry story where, um. He he gets injured fighting a tiger in the ruins of the Phoenix or phone or or something like that, and then he um, he's fighting a tiger again in the fevered story, and then when he comes out of it, um, like the, you know he breaks the curse that they're under, and then the the story the the ruins has more of a peaceful look about it. Or something. So there's so there's a couple of stories that have kind of <laughs> influenced this story. Yeah. Um, like sort of the art's amazing though. The art, yeah. The, his behaviour when he's um, when he's lost his memory and that sort of thing. You know, there it harkens to. I do kind of remember that I'm the Phantom, but he goes so far away from it. And yeah, uh, I guess it's never mentioned that he's married or, or knows Diana at any stage. So if you park that and go, well, maybe this is from before he knew Diana, mm. so it becomes more acceptable. But yeah, as, as a whole, it's um, uh, beautiful artwork. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll... Yeah. yeah. Um, probably the most favourite Phantom's World I've read is probably number four. Uh, that's still my favourite of the Phantom's World. Tadaro's, yeah. Well, yeah. number number six is going to be another Felmang um, showcase, which will be good at least in the sense that we get the uh, um, the conclusion Queen to this Queen Saber. of Saba. Um, yeah. He does he does say right on the front page, or, or, or the editors have put in, it's an extra long fandom episode written in pencil by R. Felmang, and they are right because it's uh, page fifty four or something that part one mm. comes to a conclusion. So um, yes, yeah. Mm. I'm interested to see it. I will read it. I will get it. I will, yeah, you know, yeah. enjoy the art. Um, some of the s- story writing, yeah, it's not the best, but it's all right. All right, let's move on. Now, the prisoner who did not exist. Ah, actual, actual fruit comics. 
Okay, so quickly, 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 kind of letting people know, brilliant cover by Shane Foley. This was... So this is uh, back to through number 1810. 1810. This This was going to be an issue that he was going to kind of like show people a supernova before he couldn't make it and stuff like that. Now, this story, I believe was mixed up with another story that um, they requested. So you can read about that from the message of the publisher. Um, what are your guys? Have you read this one, Stephen? Yeah, yeah, I've read this one. So this one is kind of like part one of a, another story that was published about two or three years ago, I think, now. 2015, um, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, about the cover, I thought the cover was great. Um, it lets the reader know that it's a historical story straight up. Um, yeah. I really like the purple contrasting with the dark brick background. Um, found, you know, as a front cover, it works really well. And then when you open it up, it works well as a, um, as a wraparound as well. Mm. Um, and the, de- and the detail and everything that's, especially on the back cover is, um, is yeah. excellent, I thought. Um, how's the phantom depicted? Well, he's on, he's on the family at the moment. You know, he's going for his, what was it, his nephew or something like that? Or was his half brother? Yeah, half brother. Um, I, I, it was um, an, an issue there, you know, they're not really, um, or it doesn't seem to be um, um, protecting the myth of, you know, being the same person. He said, oh, no, that that have to be my half-brother. You're talking about my dad. I thought, oh, right, yeah, so we're just going to let that slip, are we? Anyway. Yeah. Um, hey, guys, I just got to duck out for a sec. Just keep going. All right. All right. Um, it, it did... It, Took me about three goes, three or four goes to read this thing. Every time I'd read it, read, I'd go to read it, I'd um, I'd fall asleep. Mm. Which either says something about the story or about you know, the amount of work I've been doing lately. But I, I just, I really didn't get into the story that well. Um, and I know Dali mentioned something about the eyes. I think I read that in the message from the publisher. But you still don't want to see it, like on page sixteen. And a few things, yeah, you know, all's fair in love and war. I thought really that still seems pretty rough on innocent people. And I didn't think that was the phantom way. And um, being a Catholic, I'm just being, I'm a little bit sick of seeing Catholics being the bad guys in these historical stories. Um, I'm not going to say it's on the same um, vein as, as Muslims in today's age, but um, still, I'm getting a little bit sick of, it. Yeah, <laughs> sick yeah. of that, um, that being used. Um, what about you, Dan? Oh, look, I understand what you're saying about um, the... <laughs> I think this is a fairly typical example of Ramirez's historical dramas he, he likes to um do a lot of exposition as to what was going on at the time and um and that makes them more dense i think and that and that mm. you know speaks to you know falling asleep as, as you read it um <laughs> so there's an element of that um look i thought it was an interesting premise in the sense of um you know the half brother and that sort of thing i probably was more forgiving of the um you know, the, the not worrying about the mystery because this is what the first or the second phantom. Um, yeah. So I, yeah, I could I could deal with it with that because only the yeah, first or second. Yeah. They probably haven't whether they haven't twigged that. Oh, this is how we're going to establish <laughs> our mythos or, or, or whatever. Um, what else have I have I jotted down a bit? Yeah, entertaining if a bit dense. I loved the the artwork and, and of Valvey, and I think oh, that's yeah. one of the things that I'm really enjoying about. Um, the way through or bringing back or, or publishing for the first time some of these stories that we never saw from 
you know, the late 70s, early 80s. This was originally published, okay, so 1987. Um, mm. You know, some of these stories that, that Jim Shepard never did publish, um, it's great to see some of the mm. Valvey's work that, um, that, we, that we haven't had the chance to see before. Yeah, I agree with you. I thought the art was great. Mm. I thought the villain was forgettable. I can't remember who the oh, yeah, it was just some random dude mm. that he didn't get to see much of. So, yeah, he was a bit forgettable. Barely sided. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah that's what I've written here. Barely sided. I don't know who the main villain was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, all right. Anything so, else about that one? Uh, no, not not really. I think we've we've covered everything that I, uh, I I would agree with you in terms of the the cover. I think it um it's a really good striking image of a of a historical phantom on the front, and Shane Foley yeah. uh, has done some good work there. I really like the lighting um, on the sword, the way that's glinting, um, you know, as he as he brandishes that there. So I'm just gonna find that. Radio. Mm. Um, All right. Well, we. Give Germ no we'll opportunity to talk about his uh, his favourite Scandinavian stories there and move on. And move on. I think that's uh, that's well and good because he's left us, so we 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 will go on. Um, so eighteen eleven is the Lady Killer. Um, of course, the cover up there is by ah, Jason Palos. Jason Palos from um, Gaslight Fame. Um, and as Dudley mentions in the message to the publisher, it's done the same um, era as as Gaslight, so that's why I think they chose um, Jason. Um, another uh, wraparound uh, cover? Just while we're on the cover, um, a funny little quirk there, I suppose, is that somehow, and you, and you would wonder sometimes at ha- how this can be missed by a phantom artist, but, um, you know... <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm talking about now? The, he's brandishing yeah. both fists and neither of them has a ring on. Um, uh, the, especially when you've got the right fist just right towards camera. Right in front of you there. So <laughs> the funny thing about that was that uh, he was signing copies of this down at Supernova and every time he signed <laughs> every time he signed to cover, he drew the ring on. <laughs> so, so if you've got one of these comics with the, with the rings drawn on, um, you've got a very special issue. So... <laughs> It, it, yes. Yeah, and, and look, I don't. It, it's not uh, not entirely. You can't entirely point the, picture, the finger at the artist there because you would think that at some point in the editorial process that might get picked up on as well uh, <laughs> before that gets thrown on the on the cover. So anyway, um, look, we we uh, have typos in our in our, in oh, our posts all the time and that sort of thing, and uh, we've had five weeks off, so uh, we're not pointing <laughs> fingers. We're just pointing pointing things out, I suppose. Um, Definitely. Oh, he's back. Ah, he's back. I'm back. Did, so, well, um, we haven't, we're not too deep into 1811 yet, Germ. Is there anything you wanted to say about 1810, Prisoner Who Didn't Exist? Um, no, no. Um, yeah, no, that's fine. So everything we said is accurate and you're happy with that? Oh, well, I don't know what you said, but uh, <laughs> I'm happy with that for the continuation type of... Um, I, I'm assuming you probably didn't enjoy the story. That's right. Uh, Neither of us thought it was our favourite one of this bunch that we're recording. No. Yeah, I would agree with that. It's not the favourite. Um, it was inter- interesting, the whole uh, half-brother type of thing. Yeah. But, um, yeah. yeah, that was interesting. But, yeah, I would agree with that. I'm glad we got to read it, though. There's definitely worse ones out there. Yeah, for mm. sure, for sure. And uh, we, we highlighted the, the art of Valve being, you know, one that we... Uh-huh. Great to see that, so... Mm. All right. one thing... You know, one mm-hmm. thing I would love to get is a bit of a... Remember that interview... Well, not interview, the 
expose or the from off about Carlos Cruz. I would love to kind of get another expose or something like that about Jamie Val. Just because I just find that I just I reckon that would be interesting. Has mm. he has he passed? Has he? Ja- yeah, Jamie has. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it might be something we might have to try and work on. Mm. All right, so 1810, uh, sorry, 1811, the, the lady killer, Steve, you were saying, um, what, did you, what did you think about the story? The story, um, well, there's parts that I like, of course. Um, I like the artwork. It's nice and big and you know, dark and gritty and all mm. that sort of stuff. Um, I, th- I had a bit of a chuckle with the Phantom dressed up as Sherlock Holmes. I thought, oh, we're going to have a mystery to solve here. I just, As soon as I saw him dressed up in the, in the Sherlock Holmes gear, I thought yeah. there's going to be a murder or there's going to be something. He's going to you know, have to be a detective here. Phantom wasn't far off there. Mm. Um, however, some elements I, I really didn't like. Um, one of my, my elements that I that I look at when I'm doing a review, is how is a fan depicted? And here, um, usually my choices are as a family man, is he strong, is he in charge, is he witty, or is he angry? Mm. I've had to put another one in. He's he's depicted as a doofus. <laughs> I don't know when the Phantom has ever slipped on a couple of stones and fallen over and then let a, you know, a couple of people overthrow him. Um, uh, and then a pickpocket get him and all that sort of stuff. And you know, it doesn't take many thugs to beat him up. I thought... Yeah, I didn't like that. And I realised they've done it in order for something else in the story to happen. I just, mm. I didn't like it. I did like what happened later in the story and, and you know, what, and that, but I just, I didn't really like that little, that, that little device. scene. Yeah. Yeah. That, um, but I realised that something had to happen in order for the other stuff. Um, the villain of the week is another, well, he's another Jack the Ripper. We, we see the Jack the Ripper a few times, I think, in Phantom Comics. Yes, there's um, been two. We put up a we put up a social media post about that. Oh, right. I actually, I actually saw a little Jack the Ripper miniature on eBay the other day, and I thought, oh, maybe I should get him as a Phantom collectible. <laughs> uh, he was a decent enough villain of the week, but not one that will go down in history. Is one of the best. That's what I think. Um, but um, I enjoyed the story more than the other one, and I really like. Um, I, I did really like the art. Um, yeah. Nutless died. Now, yeah, Nutless. He's also passed away, unfortunately. Yes. Um, what's interesting is the other time that we've recently seen his work was. I oh, remember that. Um, was the it the eightieth? Yeah, eightieth anniversary special. There was that painted. Where each panel was painted. Do you remember that one, Steve? No. Uh, Just say yes. Well, say yes, yeah. <laughs> well, it's the same artist. Yeah. Right. Cool. The name was familiar. Yes. Yeah. And he's done. He's done more covers than he has probably stories. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very talented. Um, he's only he only done a hand because I think he was mainly with the Norwegian. I think he mainly did like Norwegian type of stuff so um, yeah now I'm not sure if you saw this panel here I'll show you just so you can see it where he's kicking the door down what page yeah. is that that is on page 29 the third <coughs> panel mm-hmm. that's actually been done on a free cover yes I recognise that so but it's also a it's a very familiar um Action pose, I suppose. I wasn't sure if that exact image has been used on the fruit cover or if there's just been many mm. iterations of it. Yep. So, yeah, no, rather interesting. 
Um, I, I, well, look, the the shoulder charging down the door at the top of page 28 is uh, is similar, I suppose. I'm sure that that sort of uh, scene has been on a free cover as well. Yeah. Um, I, it, it, we're talking about the art and the, the, the way that an artist can tell a story. Um, and I sort of mentioned that with, uh, with Paul Mason and Kid Phantom and, um, uh, the way that, you know, just a single page. I really like page four and five of this one. Um, there's barely a, a word of dialogue, but uh, the, the story mm. is just, uh, compelling. Um, yeah. And, and uh, if I remember rightly, the, the painted story you're talking about in the 80th uh, anniversary issue, 1763, I'm going to say, um, was also, uh, you know, similar. So I really like Nut Westhead's um, artwork, and it's, it's a shame that he didn't do more um, mm. stories. He, he, such clean lines. Uh, um, if I look on, looking on page nine, for instance, there's a profile, two or three profile shots of... Um, the Phantom in his Mr. Walker outfit, and just the the profile, just such clean lines, such a, such a uh, a great profile image of him, and the use of the use of shadow throughout. Um, I, I really like um, the artwork in this one. Yeah, so for those... I thought the bad guy looks a bit like John Pertwee, who was one of the um, uh, I'll get it wrong, about third or fourth Doctor, I think. Yeah, just... I I can see that. <laughs> He, the, the bags under his eyes are just. Um, <laughs> he, he's going to uh, have to pay for um, uh, for extra baggage um, when he gets on the plane. <laughs> so uh, Westad's done ten stories. Yep. Uh, half of them have been published by Free. Uh, the other half haven't. Probably the most famous one he's done was the Black Glove, Part One and Part Two. I'm not sure if you guys remember that. Oh, absolutely. The, uh, what was it? Probably late 1800s, 800s, I uh, think. 890 and 891, I, I want to say, um, or around there. Um, uh, let's have a look. 898 and 899. Oh, there you go. So I was not far so we No, I think we were all fairly close-ish. Um, so, we have the, so, yeah, so he did... I just need to press back on my thing. Um, so he's done... You know, he's done a handful of. I must say, I've yeah. read the, I've been reading the forum letters in these as we've um, previewed them. Well, I've read, I read a few of them. I didn't read all of them, but I have read a few. Yeah, and I've read, I've read those closer than I've read the message to the publisher. Sorry, Dudley, uh, but um, <laughs> the, the, he must have, Dudley must have said in one of these messages to the publishers that they're going to look at reprinting um, the Black Glove because there's some, been mm. some support for that in the. Um, yeah, the forum letters, and, and I, I would love to see that story come back again. Yeah, it was a great story. Now, so just while we're talking about you know West Ad, let's just talk a little bit about it. so for Phantom Met, which is Norway, he's done probably about twenty twenty five covers for Phantom Men, which is the Sweden. He's done probably about another twenty covers. And then he's done a whole heap of, like, um, Christmas album and special covers. Uh, and then he's done, um, like, you know, posters and Christmas cards and, and stuff like that. So he's done, he's done a fair bit of work for, um, for Egmont, which, and, you know, to be honest, we've probably seen five stories of his and some of these covers and all that is very, is very good. Uh, there's one of the werewolf story 
where, like, you know, he's got this sword and there's this big werewolf, like, just crouching over him, which is pretty amazing. Um, so, yeah, so do yourself a favour. Go on Phantom Wiki, search for, for Nut, Nut Westad and bask in some of his uh, some of his amazing work. And, um, mm. yeah, hopefully free can, we can see a little bit more of his work. Alrighty, righty let's move on. Now, Replica issues. Replica 155 to 157. Now, I'm going to be honest and say I haven't picked mine up. Stephen, I'm assuming you're probably the same. Mine's in the plastic still. Dan? They don't come in the plastic, these ones, do they? They do for my comic shop. Oh, really? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, she puts she bags them. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, okay. Um, no, look, in the rush to get all of these read um, for today, um, I haven't sat down and read this. I've flicked through it a, a few times, and it. Uh, I just, yeah, I wish that I had had time to read it. I will definitely go back and read it. I just love these old stories, and the uh, um, 155 in particular, um, the the professor, just the... the oh, I like that story. Yeah, the artwork, just flicking through that, the artwork just stands out. Um, again, just those iconic images that you just, you know, everyone else, I think, is trying to copy, um, and yeah. rightfully so. Now, the professor, she would probably be my favourite female from Wilson McCoy, her and the flirtatious princess. Oh, yeah. Uh, two girls from um, from Wilson McCoy that I'd... Um, I had a crush on because I still got the crush on Fifi <laughs> from the Golden Circle, but uh, those two were were, some, were probably my favourite girls from Wilson McCoy era. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yep. Hey, she, had the, she had the smarts as well. Yep. And Package. and yeah. Uh, <laughs> we, we're not going to dwell on this because we are trying to get through a lot of comics in a, in a short period of time. Yeah, we got three uh, more to go. So, but I do this is another big one. Do love that one. Yeah. Okay, so now we're going to talk about the Supernova special, 1813. Uh, now, there's two different covers for this. Um, there's the regular newspaper issue, which has got a front cover by Chris Wall. A stunning and a front cover by Chris Wall. An amazing, stunning, beautiful, top colours. We could go on and on, but just do yourself a favour and get it. Uh, I think it's a poster as well. It is. It? it is one of the posters that was released, and um, so did Gus put this one up on his? Um, no, I haven't, I, haven't, I haven't shown yeah. this one. Um, <laughs> look, as a poster, it's it's interesting. As a poster, I I want to trim it to be honest, because the 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 space at the top where he's obviously mm. deliberately left it for the title and that sort of thing. Um, I I may well yet. Um, Take a take a pair of scissors to it and uh, just trim it off so that it um, is a bit more balanced when I when I frame it and hang it on the wall. Um, Hundreds of fan fans around the world have just uh, spat out their cornflakes or ran off the road or um, yelled profanity while they were listening to this at work. Um, just that the mere thought, mere the mere thought of someone defacing a phantom collectible like that. Yep, and you know what? If I do that, it's going—it's only going to increase the value of their mint version that they've got stuck in their little <laughs> post-it pack or, or their poster tube, tucked away behind under the bed or whatever. Whereas mine is going to be stunning on the wall in all its glory, in a well-balanced and uh, <laughs> <laughs> version. So, 
Um, no, it, it's it's a fantastic image that front cover, and uh, for all the reasons that everybody knows if they've seen it. Yes. So the back cover's done by Camilio. Uh, I'm not gonna. Sorry, I'm not gonna even try to pronounce your last name. Um, uh, and then you've also got the jam cover, which is by the Five. So you've got Jamie, Shane Foley, Jeremy McPherson. Uh, Shane Paulos, Jason Paulos, Jason Paulos, and who's who else am I missing? Antonio Lemos. Antonio. So you got the five. Now, quick shout out to uh, Jamie and Camillo who are going to be appearing at GammaCon, which again we've posted up on the Facebook and social media, I believe, not Facebook, not our website. So that's on social media. Uh, big shout out to them and also Matt Kime. Um, who will be uh, at GammaCon. So if you were not able to make it to Sydney, maybe buy the, um, the these or bring the comics and get Jason and um, Camilo to sign them. And I believe they're also going to have some uh, sketch covers as well that you can probably pick up, or you can take your own sketch covers and get signed, uh, get drawn on as well. So big shout-out to them, and uh, it's good to see some fandom artists Getting recognised, um, and in their bios they do they do give a good shout out to the Phantom as well. So uh, top work, um, good mark to all involved there. Now the stories. So there's how many stories are there? There's what four, four. four stories. Now Lost at Sea Part One. Now I reckon we do Lost at Sea Part One and Part Two together. I actually Sorry. read this. I actually read this comic backwards, uh, like it was a, uh, a replica series, um, because I did. Exa- yeah, I knew that Lost at Sea Part Two was going to be the next issue, and so I wanted yeah. to read those back to back. So I actually read this, and also I was very excited to read the new Princess Sin prequel, which was yes. the the last story in the book. So I started at yes. the back and and worked forward. Yeah. So we'll we'll leave Lost at Sea Part One to when we do Part Two, and we'll do the two stories together. Because mm-hmm. um, I think they do flow better as a as a one part, and uh, so that's why I read them the Sabo. Yeah, I read, yeah. I read part one, part two, then went to the Princess Sin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, thoughts about Princess Sin? I enjoyed it. I, like I didn't get I didn't go back and read the um, the original, but um, but yeah, I was reading and thought, oh, there's got to be more. There's not enough pages here, and then yeah, at the end. This was part one. Stay tuned for part two. Yeah, well, it needed yeah, that. I, I thought that was funny too. <laughs> this is part one of the part one prequels. So, yeah. So there's actually a part one and a part two to the part one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Before, yeah. Before part one starts. Yeah. But um, yeah, like I was in, I was enjoying it. I thought, um, and it's nice that they go to Australia. That's always good. Um, yes. Get a bit of background about the hypnotist. Um, but yeah, the elements that that we saw in Princess Sin, like I said, I didn't go back and, and read it, but it, you know there was familiarity to it, and so it gave us some more mm. background to the characters. So yeah, um, I was enjoying it. And I want to see what happens in in number two. Now, now the first is it the first two pages? I just don't understand. Um, the love two, the artwork. Yeah. First two pages with the rhino. I just, I don't know, maybe... <laughs> want to figure out that he shot the horn off. Yeah. Um, maybe, I don't know, maybe it, there's a little bit more to it in part two of the prequel. But, yeah, I, yeah that bit kind of lost me a, a ran, little bit. A random adventure. Yeah. Now, what I did like, however, 
is that is on page 95, 96 when the fan was talking to Luaga and the lady who is, I can't remember her name, um, Tina, Tina. Mrs. Meinhardt. Yeah. Tanya. That, Tanya Meinhardt. Tanya, Tanya Meinhardt. Is, do you think that kind of sounds like Rena Reinhardt? Um, she's a minor. Yeah, well done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very good. West, West Australians picked it up. <laughs> and she, she works for the mines there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, anyway, the thing that I kind of liked is that the fandom doesn't sell himself out. He's like, no, look, I'm not, you know. Yes, he, he does. What did he do? No, he says, "Sorry, I'm not for sale." You know, but then he, he makes this, but then he yeah, does it. Hang on, let me, let me, let me, let me finish. Don't <laughs> cut me off. Not yet. Is that he's kind of like, you know, no, I don't do that. And then Luaga's like, "Well, hang on, no, I kind of do need your help." And then he's like, "Okay, I'm not sure about getting into bed with a mining company, um, but I'll, you know, he kind of basically does it because of, you know, of it's going to help uh, Ben Geller and." stuff like that so while it's just a small thing i kind of like the fact that you know he's you know he's got some morals and and and, and stuff like that so um, i'd like that mm-hmm. um, yeah it, it's a, it's an interesting balance uh, because he yeah. you know she says um you've got as much love for pirates as our investors and he goes right that's it i'm out of here then when she turns around and goes, oh, no, 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 it's, it's all about um, our employees and those innocent people who are getting lost, okay, mm. I'm in. So, yeah. you know, she's, she's just got to work out the, the right way to, uh, to approach it. Yeah, so it was just, yeah, so it was just an interesting part. Um, the whole fracker on the, the bird on the, um, on the plane, I thought that was rather interesting. But, um, no, it's... The whole, bit, you know, the the hawk. What's his name? Fracker. F R A K A. Yeah, Fracker. I wasn't. Yeah, Fracker. Fracker. Fracking. Um, do we do, do we dare <laughs> say mining. fracking while we're going on the mining? Uh, <laughs> mining. I, I've areas? always thought it was Fracker. <laughs> yeah. So that was interesting. Kind of giving a a character that we don't see much apart from delivering mail, playing a bit more of a pivotal part. But um. I reckon, you know, Dale, first first story writing of the Phantom. Dale McCanty, you're, you're saying, the, yeah. the writer, yeah. who's also, of yeah. course, the uh, um, co-designer of the Phantom board game, which is based on the yes. uh, Red Dragon, uh, sorry, the uh, Pirates of the Red Dragon um, trilogy, uh, or, yeah. or I guess uh, trilogy in four parts, five parts um, already. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> it's a bit Douglas Adams now. It is a bit. <laughs> yeah, but no, I enjoyed it. Um, your guys' thoughts? Yeah, enjoyed it. I want to read the next part, and I like uh, reading about the background of these other characters. Mm. Yeah, and, and, and I think that's I think that's the key. Yeah, and I'm where the same as Stephen. I, I read this and didn't didn't immediately pick up um, uh, Red Dragon again to to see where this fit in. But the the um, characters like your Orkan and these sorts of characters, <coughs> the hypnotists, were familiar enough to go, oh, okay. Um, I think I think when the trade paperback comes out, and this is obviously going to be part one of well five, maybe six, who knows, um, parts in the trade paperback. I think um, my my hunch is, and, I, and I'm sure Dale and and Glenn uh, as editor have worked hard to make sure that it will read. Um, really, really sensibly as as one mm. full story. Definitely, 
Definitely. Anyone else? Anything else? Anyone want to add? Just that I really like the art, and I and I, and I have um, you know just had a bit of a <laughs> just had a mild go at uh, at Jason with regard to the rings on on the front cover of page eighteen uh, of of issue eighteen eleven. Um, I, I really liked seeing his artwork away from the Gaslight series. To be honest, um, yeah, I've me enjoyed, too. I've been yeah. enjoying Gaslight, but I really enjoyed this story, which has got you know so many familiar elements to to what we've seen in Gaslight, but to get away from the the supernatural stuff. Um, and I really like the way that he fills the page. Um, again, the way that again, if I look at page 110, 111, there's two lines of dialogue across those entire two pages. But again, the story just um, bears out. So um, I, I love it when an artist can tell a story, um, uh, you know, without the need for dialogue. And I know that's the way that the writer has written it as well. But for the artist to be able to, to be able to pull it that, off, yeah, exactly. I like uh, page 90 and 91, you know, the big splash pages. Really love uh, his version of the, um, on page 90, the, where you've got Princess Sin in the bottom and then you've got the Phantom coming yeah, through. I, which, just, which is obviously the, um, his part, the his contribution cover. to the jam cover and, of course, the, um, the folio as well. So. Yes. Um, and, and while you're on it, I'd like to um, give a tip of the hat to the to the editorial team who have put a splash page for every single story. And I've mentioned that before yeah. um, in terms of up, separating the stories, breaking it up. It just it makes sense for, the, for each um, story to have its own title page, splash page, um, to, yeah. to separate the stories. And, and all four of them have that, and I really liked it. Yeah. Now, the Return of the Singh Brotherhood. Hmm. Thoughts on that one? Now, this is a story that we've seen before. Yeah, um, I didn't reread it because, when you, well, I wanted when to you, try and get through the new ones for, for tonight. Rather when you say seen before, it was 28 years ago that it was published. Yeah, okay. Well, the three of us have seen it before. Um, <laughs> That's true. This is, an, That's true. this is an Australian-created story for those who do not know. Uh, Keith, uh, Ch- how do you say his last name? Is it Chateau or Chateau? Uh, I've always Chatter. said just Chatter. Yeah. Chatter, Chatter, so we'll call it, yeah, Keith Chatter. He's, he's an Australian, and Australian names are just pronounced how they're written. His, his name is pronu- <laughs> written Chatter, that's how we say it. Chatter. We'll just call him KC. He'd, he'd be Chats down at the footy club. Chats, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's pretty hard when, you, when your surname's already a nickname. I've already hey, got Chatter. the O on the end of it. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, um, I... I like the story, and it's nice to see him in there with an Australian story. But the thing that kind of gets me with this is this comic and is a femme fatale issue. We don't really see a femme fatale in this um, in this story, so it's kind of like I don't know. It's, I'm a little bit unsure if it actually kind of fits in here. Like there's it's a panel or Sala, two of yeah, there's a, there's a panel or two of mention of Sala, but. They're, they're callbacks it's, to the first yeah, scene on page story, not... 77, yeah. I just, I don't know. I wonder if they're, if, if maybe we had seen, I don't know, maybe the Ray Moore story of Return of the Cyban Cy where you see uh, Sala play more of a pivotal role. That might have been a better better choice because it's about Sala. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. That's yeah, probably look... my only criticism. With the whole well, issue, to be honest. Yeah, it, 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 and uh, I was going to say something towards the end. 
of this, and, and may come back to it, about the whole idea of this as, as a femme fatale issue, um, and I will save that for once we've talked about all four, but um, as a story here, Return of the Singh Brotherhood, um, I really like it. I really like it as a standalone story. Um, I did go back and I, I read this properly. Um, it, it's interesting in the current climate of Fruit where we're talking about sequels and prequels and that sort of thing. This is very much, you know, it's the return of yeah. the Singh Brother. It's a sequel to a Lee Fork story. And I think yes. that Jim, back in 1990, wrote this really, really well. Um, with regular references back to the original Singh Brotherhood story and, and the way mm. that the, the undersea um, fortress had been destroyed and all that sort of stuff. Um, it, it's, it's interesting. This is, uh, this is, yeah, this is that sequel. And I thought that the... I know it might be a little bit sacrilegious, but I'm, I'm not a huge fan, typically, of Keith Chaddo's artwork. I, I think he gets his um, body perspective a little bit whack sometimes. Um, but yeah, this the heads a, are a bit bigger than the body. Yeah, that sort of stuff. Um, but I, I really liked the, again, you know, a page at a glance looks really, really cool. It's, it's then, I guess, when you look individually at particular characters, yeah. the, the perspective seems a little bit weird. So, um, yeah. And, 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 and is it possible, and it was, I never thought it was possible for an artist to draw an, an uglier bad guy than the original uh, Cab Mm-hmm. And yet this guy, oh, this guy is ugly. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> he's Sing Junior. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he is really bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, and I you just... can and you can tell like the whole um, uh, it's done by Jim, who's a huge Lee Fork fan. Because, like, you know, when he's taking the, um, the, the clothes off the bad guy on page 69, he goes, oh, these fellows obviously don't wash too often. And, you know, there's several times in Lee Fork stories where he says the same type of thing. Yeah. Oh, and, and I thought there was lots of really cool callbacks to um, Lee Fork tropes of, of yep. um, how the Phantom operated in terms of, you know, going to, going to the seedy bar to try and... Uh, get information yes. and um, just just lots of little instances of um, you know references to the way that Lee Fork would yep. have written a Phantom. Yep. Which I think was again interesting if you look at the historical timing of it. 1990s only two years I think after Jim Shepard came on board with Fru. Um, he was obviously really really passionate and enthusiastic in that period. Uh, you know, there's we've had discussions about how he finished his time at Fru. Um, but at this period of time, there was obviously the passion to get Australian stories yeah. up and going, and um, you know, really regenerate, uh, regenerate through at the time. Yeah. Anything you want to add, Stephen, before we move to the next story? No, I'm ready. Okay. Next story: Operation Hades. Now, this, me and Dan, we had a bit of a discussion today whether this kind of, again, the bad girl in this kind of falls under the whole femme fatale type of thing um so i know you wanted to make mention of that later so i won't make mention of that anymore um it's a labunga story so uh which is interesting it's like a standalone so if you're a fairly new reader um this may be a little bit jarring if you haven't read the whole saga um so that was an interesting choice again it's a, it's a great story uh it's one of the better stories of the whole saga um, 
so yeah, it's I've um, I, I enjoy it as a story, uh, but I again probably maybe question whether it belonged in this issue. Mm. Well, I'm, I'm glad you said that because obviously <coughs> that was something that I considered as well, especially again having read it backwards, um, having um, the first story I'd read, the Pirates of the Red Dragon. Um, explicitly has President Luaga, and then two stories later, in the same book, you've got President Lubanga. Um, so, yeah, for for newer readers, um, having the two uh, fandom universes collide um, is an interesting is an interesting choice to have them in the yeah. same book. Yeah, um, art's great, story writing is good. Um, yeah, Steve, anything you want to add? Ah, no, I'm good. Yeah, all right, cool. Now, first, all right, anything you need to add, Dan, or should we move on? Uh, no, I, only about, you know, the stuff about Chastity Dark as your femme fatale, but um, I guess we can mm. read that as a whole after we finished uh, well, part one I think, of Lost at Sea. Well, I think, uh, yeah, okay, we'll talk about part one, Lost at Sea, the Island of Mysteries. Um, I enjoy seeing Sandal sing back. I I like her as a... And I'm, before you jump on my back, Dan, let me finish. I like her as a character. I'm not sure on the whole whether she sired the Phantom's son or not. Well, that's I'm, not, that's I'm not on part the fence. of this story. Yeah, but I'm just talking about her as a character at the, at the moment. I'm on the fence regarding that, but I like her as a character, and I think she adds great depth to the Phantom and... And she has a great depth as a character as well. Um, and whether you don't know whether she is kind of bad, whether she's whether she's good, you know, she kind of swaps one from one story to another story and and stuff like that. Um, now, I, she's only in the last two panels of this story. It must be said, and there's no clue she's coming. Yeah, well, yeah, but I kind of like that. Now, I understand, and I know what you're going to say in a second, and I understand. Or I'll let you kind of say that because. Let's just just go on. What do you want to say? No, no, no. I, I'm happy to listen to your review. Well, I like the fact that that it cuts off there, where you only see her from, you know, the next from the last two panels, and then you have you have the story of her, more of her about in eighteen fourteen. Um, it's a fairly average, well, not a, not an average, but it's a fairly uh, stock standard phantom story where you know the fandom is brought into it because of you know more you know more fishermen getting attacked and stuff like that so there's a lot of fandom elements that we've <coughs> seen before um i think steven's fallen asleep so any okay. snoring He's trying hard <laughs> not to <laughs> yeah so we'll quickly move on but i enjoy the story um yeah so, anything you want to add, Stephen, about this story before we let uh, Dan talk about it? Are we still talking about the Keith Shadow one? No. No, Lost at Sea. <laughs> oh, shit, I hit Lost <laughs> No, 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 Lost at Sea. Um, you, you missed Operation Hades. <laughs> I did. I don't remember that. <laughs> Hopefully our listeners pay more attention than our speakers. Um I didn't read it anyway. That's um, all right. Uh, so Lost at Sea Part 1 we're talking Lost, about. Lost at Sea Part 1, I like this better than Part 2. Um, are we talking them both together at the same time? Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, well, 
Read part um, one and then you can go to part two or, or whatever. Like I do that. have some commentary just on, on on part one. Okay, we'll go on part one and then let Steve talk about part one and part two. Okay, yeah. that's All a right. nice segue. Okay, um, look, I, I really I, I really enjoyed part one um, of Lost and Sea, and, and I think part of it is what you said there about um, uh, things we've seen in the fandom before. Um, it tied in nicely for me with the return to Sing Brotherhood, um, the Keith Chodo story, um, Jim Shepard's story, because there was yeah, you know. Uh, the ships just being sucked into the vortex, and, and in this case, you know, there's a different method that by which they've sunk the ships. Um, yep. But you know, point. ships just disappearing at sea. Um, so I thought that was really cool. Um, again, it's the Singh Brotherhood just dragging the boat, these boats to the bottom of the ocean. As it turns out, we find out towards the end that with Sandal there, um, the, I, I thought there were elements of um, you know, on page eight, the the Phantom seems to be in a home gym, which I don't know that I've seen him <laughs> pumping weights before. Um, on page 13, he's doing some shooting training, um, which is, you know, it's good to see that, that, that uh, he's keeping up his skills with a bit of uh, practice and that sort of stuff. Um, there, was a moons, there was a Moonstone story where, where it was Diana actually working out in the gym. Yeah, okay. Um, so in, in those, it, you know, I, I actually thought it was an interesting story with some really classic Phantom tropes. I was surprised to see Sandal at the end. It sort of came out of nowhere, but not in any sort of a bad way. Um, in terms of suddenly the Singh Brotherhood are behind all of this, I thought that was yeah. really cool. So whether, well, yeah, so whether, my, again, I guess my question comes back to this idea of it being a femme fatale issue, whether having an entire story that has nothing to do with any female characters, and then all of a sudden you find out in the last half a page that there is a female character behind it all without you know, having part two that explores that. And part two, as I'll say in a moment, I think that was a femme fatale issue, uh, story, but it's yeah. not in 1813. Um, so between that and Chastity Dark being a, a, a female villain, yes, but not one who uses her feminine wiles to beguile the, the hero or anything like that, um, Sala not really being in Return to the Singh Brotherhood. Um, Princess Sin really is the only story that has a genuine femme fatale for mine in this four-story four book. So, and she doesn't really interact with the Phantom either. No. Uh, so, you know, uh, yeah. it's a fantastic cover. Um, whether it's a genuine femme fatale issue, I'm not, I'm not yeah. so sure. All right, cool. Steve? Yeah, um... I agree with just about everything you've said there, Dan, about about the issue. Um, there, yeah, I really like the home gym. I like the shooting practice. You know, it gives him um, yeah, even the fam's got to keep his training up. Mm. Um, and you kind of assume he's got a gym somewhere. I've I've always kind of pictured him rather than uh, using uh, dumbbells or whatever, you know, using things in the jungle that he's um, Rock, rocks and heavy logs a, and that sort of thing. Yeah, yep. all that yep. sort of stuff. Um, I like. It was an interesting. Does it show how? I oh know it doesn't tell how the, the the things get sunk. But I thought, you know, it had me guessing. 18, how, 14, yeah, yeah, it's a, yeah. How these guys were going down. But it, it, yeah. I, yeah, it was a good mystery there. Um, the bad guys are absolute bad guys. You know, just just mm. gunning down the more the more the more like that. Um, but it had all the great fan elements. It's in the jungle. There's pirates. Um, you got the talking drums. You got. All, all that sort of stuff, and you got the Maori fisherman. Um, I love the guard dog, the the um, the ferocious guard dog that um, that's on the island, um, mm. in the form of a lion. Um, and how he and how he defeats the lion, I thought that's pretty clever. I don't know if you could ever do that, but yeah, it's good. Um, so yeah, yeah, I thought it kicked along nicely, 
And then um, when you get to the next story, so he gets he gets into the island and he's there uh, just figuring where things are. Um, and then we find out that Sandal's behind it. Then, yeah, in the next story, it, it, it took a while to, to get into it because I think um, you mentioned earlier, I think it was you, Dan, you mentioned earlier with, um, with Murphy when he's in his his historical modes um, that he has to explain a lot. Mm. And I, I felt that the start, I can't find what with the thing, um, I felt that the start of the um, of Lost at Sea Part 2 um yeah we were bogged down in in the what's the special word for it but explaining the everything the exposition yeah, the exposition yeah explaining absolutely every, you know the bad guy you got the you know from the, the first incredibles movie where um mr incredible gets syndrome monologuing it's that sort of deal she's just yes. explaining absolutely well, every minute detail and yeah it's cool with oh right, so that's how they're getting it down but it just seemed to go for Quite a long time. Um, and this so is what I'm we talked the, about with Kid Phantom, how they don't have to get bogged down in that, and yet yeah. it still works. So, yeah, that, and that's exactly right. Um, but I do like how the fans not just going to stand idly by while this while this happens. Um, I, I, I was hoping, you know, you see him sticking there, and you know, he's not really doing much, and then he realizes what's about to happen, and he tries to, you know, stop it, even though he didn't have much hope. Um, mm. Um, so I'm glad he didn't just stand idly by and that he actually yeah, tried, to, tried to do something. Even though he got hit on the head. But he didn't get knocked out. You know, he's still, he's still awake there. He got knocked <laughs> down, but he didn't get knocked out. Uh, have you, have you, uh, did you read last Sunday's um, adventure? in the you know, um, Smacked by a shovel. Getting smacked by a shovel. Yeah, I can see him going knocked up, you know, from our conversations that we've had with Tony and, you know, how we mentioned the, well, I've mentioned to him, but the, the hit in the back of the head. Yeah, hit him, he's raised that by hitting him on the back of the head with a shovel. Now, he, <laughs> I could see him getting knocked out for that. Um, but that, that's fair enough. Um, they go on about this stupid bloody baby story. Oh, I hate that <clears> bit. That's, they can go jump. Oh, I hate it. It, it. Drags the whole thing down to to something yes. in, incredible yes. where it really shouldn't be. Um, uh, and so, uh, Dudley makes so mention. Does it intrigue you whether? No, I hate not, it. Not I don't like. You, I don't care about intrigue or anything. It's stupid and get rid of it. Yep. So what? Hurry what up. do you find stupid about it? Because I want to spend a little bit of time discussing this. I don't want to go to bed. Because um, I think it's stupid. And well, but no, but hang on. What do you find <laughs> stupid about it? And it's just a non. As we've we've spoken about it a million times before. How the family can be raped and everyone's just all cool with it. Um, yeah. Um, so that's, that's what you don't like about it. I, I don't like the fact that he's been um, that he's been drugged. He's been taken advantage of. Well, he and, wasn't drugged. He was. He wasn't oh, whatever, drugged. Whatever he was. He was injured after fighting a. Yeah. A pamphlet or something, or rescuing Sandal uh, Singh when she was um, yeah. in trouble from Rodia. I mean, Rodia. It's pedantics. Was he or was he not raped? Well, but that's the thing is, no one knows. <laughs> why so is why it the they, plot line? Yeah, why is it, why are they going down that path? It's um, well, it's wrong. I don't. Okay, let's put it this way. I don't think the 
I don't think the plot line is whether he got raped or whether he didn't. The plot line is whether the Phantom fathered a no. sin. No, no, no how, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang father? on. Well, just no, but that. But what I'm saying is, the focus is not on whether he got raped or not. The focus no. is on. We, know. we can see that is on whether he, um, whether he's the father or not. That's what the focus is on. Now, I'm not saying whether it's it's the right focus or the wrong focus. That's not the point I'm making. The point I'm making is that's what the focus is on, and. I must admit that I'd, it, it didn't add anything to the story whether we find no. out whether he is the father or not. Um, it's kind of like one of those, you know, when you have a multi-part story and there's kind of that, that filler in between where it, 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 it adds to the intrigue but it doesn't actually give you a, well, maybe intrigue's the wrong, the, wrong, the wrong word, but it adds to the conversation but it doesn't actually give you a, a resolution. Now, I personally think that it's a, it's a, it's an interesting, and I'm not saying whether I like it or, or whether I don't, because I'm on the fence about this. I am on the fence, and I, you know, I'm not normally on the fence with stuff. But the whole conversation, I'm on the fence about. But it, it adds, it adds to the the question, and I wonder if it's almost time whether we need to find out one way or the other whether he's I think we do need we need to find that out definitely and it needs to happen in the next issue so we can just lay it to rest and be yeah and that's where I am so either we can say we really hate it or we just think that was a stupid plot line now let's get on with it yeah and and I think that's why we're at that stage where we need to find out so then we can move on or whether we can you know get our pitchforks and start you know doing a lynch mob for Klaus Romifi. <laughs> Not quite that much, but I, I, I know what you mean. I think Dan's almost I, there, but yeah. I, but, I, but, do, yeah. I do like the fact that the Phantom is still, you know, he's a top bloke, and even though this Sandals thing is, is so evil and whatever, he still goes back and helps her. Yeah. Um, I think that's that's who the Phantom is. And, and I think that he... You've only got to look back at that Sing Brotherhood episode where he and Sala looked out for each other. Yeah. <clears throat> you can have that relationship with the bad girl in this instance without needing to have this stupid plot device of are they or are they not co-parents of, a, of some sort of child. Um, mm. I, I think this is actually a really good story. I like the story as a whole. Parts one and part two, um, I think that... If you took this stupid bloody um, am I the father, am I not the father crap out, then you would have a really top story. Yes, um, I and, and okay. I think, and, and I genuinely think that. But the, the having this, this I, I, I think it's a huge misstep by Ramiti to have this, um, this ongoing intrigue, plot, whatever, um, I think it's garbage. I really think it's garbage. We've had potentially the Phantom raped. Whether he, whether he was or whether he wasn't, the fact that we keep talking about it and the conversation, like you said, Germ, the focus isn't on how it happened. The focus is on is he or is he not the father. Um, that's the wrong focus. It's entirely the wrong focus. Well, like, you know, and I think, I think we're on the same page that rape's wrong. Whether it's the male or the female, <laughs> well, hopefully we're on the same. <laughs> so, but you know, we're, we're all we're all agreeing we're all agreeing with that. But I think I think the 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 the, the subplot 
again, which I said before, is not on whether he was raped or not, but is on the fatherhood. And it's it whether you agree with it or not. And I, you know, we're going to have to. We'll, I, like I said before, I'm on the fence. Um, I've talked. I, to I don't a know. Lot I'm of, not even. Sh- I'm not even sure what a, you're on the fence about. To be honest, like. Well, no, no, no. I'm talking about. They... I'm on the fence whether I like not not whether I like the situation about him being raped or not. You know, that's wrong. But you got to remember that Sandal Singh is not a good person. She's not the Phantom. She well, you've is only got to look person. at the amount of people she's killed in this story. Like, that yeah. is a high-level <laughs> so, mass murderer. I mean, there's not very any... Incredible. Not, she does not play by the same rules as the Phantom. And, and even and when you, you said before, you can't tell if she's a good person or she's a bad person. She's an incredibly bad person. She deliberately yeah, she sinks is. an entire cruise, a, le- a then, pleasure cruise of people, not even for ransom or anything else, but just to remind people that they, she can do it. So and she, then remember when I said is that for one story she's a bad person, and then in another story she'll show traits where you're not sure whether she, you know, whether she could almost be a good person. Same as, you know, it's not to the extent of Sala, where Sala was probably a lot more fluid than what than what mm-hmm. our Sandal Singh is, but. I don't think you know, Salah Sala was a mass murderer, though, was she? No, she wasn't. No, no but that's I don't recall Salah ever killing anybody. No, like, she no, was, no, she, but she was she definitely was a, a bad person. Uh, yeah. And but, she killed. She didn't she? kill lots of people. Yeah. Um, and, and, and stuff like that. So she was def- she's not as fluid as what... Uh, Sandal Singh isn't as fluid on the, on the grey area as what Salah is. But the... I personally think the reason why we have the Sandal Singh is because the Sala was such an interesting character that a lot of fans liked, and so they mm. tried to make a Sala version too. Personally, I wouldn't be surprised if we find out that that Sala is actually uh, her mum, or, or something like that. Oh. But you know that that that's where yeah. But but the point that I'm making is that. She's a bad person. She does not have the same morals as what the fandom is. See, while we all agree that what has happened or what could happen if it, if he is the father is wrong, that's non-debatable. We cannot expect the bad person to have the same morals as the fandom no, as what um, we like. That's not even what I'm talking about. Stuff like the fandom has completely now ignored the fact that he was raped, that he was taken advantage of. But no, no, no. He, he he's know. now just going, oh, no, no, no. If he's still playing the, oh, am I the father, not did you rape me? You know, it, it, it's almost like he's, if you read these from here on in and you didn't read that story, you you would just assume that, oh, they, they'd hooked up one time. Um, yeah, yeah, but he's, he's completely okay with the assault. He's now worried about the fatherhood, the the, the paternity. Well, I would think that's probably shows the Phantom's humanity, where he's mm. where he's worried about a possible child. Nah. Whether if he is the father, he needs to do something about it. I'm I'm with Steve on this. I think this that that this this little subplot line, whatever, is absolute rubbish. And I would much prefer. I'd be completely happy with Clastromethy to just absolutely park it and ignore that it that ever happened. And from every story from now on, to never mention it again. Yeah, well, Honestly. I don't think that's going to happen because unfortunately, you guys are in the minority. Oh well, maybe maybe we are, but I think this is completely um, jumping the shark. And um, while Romethi has shown in this story that he's an excellent story writer. I think clinging onto this thing 
um, it may well for for me it, it I, I'm just not going to get past it. I'm sorry. It's it's uh, it, it's horrendous. I don't like it. Yeah, but people, a lot of a lot of people, and when even when we did the like we did a Facebook post on it, and um, and then I've been following some other comments, you know, not that not that thread, but other comments. Unfortunately, you guys are in the minority, so we will see more about it. Um, I personally think I agree with you guys that I think that subplot we need to find out one way or the other. Um, but I think user I, also I think user jumping the gun, assuming that the fandom was raped, where there's no there's no proof that he was. All we've got is one lying, manipulative female saying about the, about in the some only way panels, about the only way to write himself out of this is to say that there's not even a child. Um, that's about the only way to to write his way out of this. No, you can do you can do a DNA test or, or whatever. There's other ways of doing it. And Class Ramifi's a clever enough writer, whichever way he decides to go with this. And this I is don't an example. Believe... I, I know I'm the resident forecast and whatever, but this is an example of why people don't like the Scandinavian stories because it goes on with this garbage. Mm, no, I would disagree with that. Sorry, I some mean, the... people don't like this. <laughs> yeah, some people. I think majority of people that don't like the Scandinavian stories is probably more to do with the fact that it's uh, historical European history no, stuff. The, the Labanga stuff, mm. which Alf admitted himself in the interview, was probably a mistake and they tried to wind that back. Um, uh, yeah, and, yeah. I, I was and, waiting I think this is in the same... I think this is in the same category. I think... Um, well, maybe you won't, but I think in the fullness of time... They'll wish that they hadn't gone down this path. Well, there's only one way to find out, and that's when, you know, in five years' time, when we can actually talk about it being in the past. But I think you guys, uh, especially you, Dan, and you know, and I went <laughs> that's it, especially Dan. I, I, I'm right on with Dan. I am. But right I, I think you guys have, I think you guys have jumped the gun with the conclusion. We have. At, at this stage, I don't think the conclusion matters, to be honest. The fact that we're down this path. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but no, no. I think it does matter because if he's not the father and he was never raped, you've got you've got him um, all hot under the cover. No, under the cover. Because he's still using it as a plot device. Yeah, and the, and the way that he's talking about it, it, it it's so uh, nonchalant. Yeah, exactly. But I wouldn't say it's nonchalant. He's in, the, he's in the midst of danger, about to die. And he wants to know whether he's the father or not. Obviously, it's, obviously, it's an issue where if he wants, if he is the father, he wants to know before he dies. Obviously, it's been playing on his mind. How, how many times I'm does? I'm not just um, talking about this story. I'm talking about the whole story. Yeah. The whole well, no, plot line, this not just the first, story. This is the first time that post when he found out he may be the father that he's actually discussed this about whether he's the father or not. It's because probably the first the story last we've had. Story yeah, so the last story mm. was when uh, Sandor Singh dropped the possibility to his father, to her father, that the Phantom was the father. So this is the first story post that. Yeah, didn't like that one either. No. Yeah, and that's all right. You don't have to like it, but I, I think he's uh, jumping the gun with a conclusion. And no, um, it's, I, I think you're missing the point. I James. think you're missing the, the point. <laughs> yeah, the conclusion doesn't matter. Well, no, I think it does. I think you need uh. to wait for the conclusion before you get 
uh, upset or not. Okay. Well, you can think that, but I'm upset now. So. Yeah, and you have every right to, but, yeah, you know, you have every right to be upset, but I I think we just need to wait. And then if oh. he is the father, then I think a lot more people will be upset with you. And then if he's not, people will just go, yep, yeah, they had me interested for a, an episode or two, and now I'm moving on to the next fan of story. No, this this is always going to be a, a bit of a black. And, and I and I'm on and, and I've said tonight several times. I liked this story, but for that, I've liked a lot of what Close Ramirez has done. I've liked. I haven't. I haven't liked a lot of what he's done as well. But um, this is a black mark on on his legacy of the Phantom, as far as I'm concerned. From yeah, from yep. your opinion. Yes. From your guy's opinion, it's a black yep. mark. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I think, at, you know, and at the end of the day, people listen to us for our opinion, but at the end of the day, it is just our opinion. It is just and our people... opinion, and, and there may well be other people who are fascinated by this and, are, and who really are right into this plot line and, um, and loving it. Um, good luck to them, but uh, for me, for all the reasons I've said, I'm, I'm just... Yeah. And, and if you and want, if you want re- to read a, an intriguing plot line, check out what's happening in the dailies with the, with the Nomad and... And Heloise and stuff. Now that's yeah. intriguing. I can't yes. wait to see what's happening there. You know what yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to is actually getting uh, um, getting in contact with Tony and uh, remember when he promised that maybe we'll uh, that he could um, go through the story debrief. apart. Yeah, yeah debrief. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm looking forward to uh, reminding him of that and doing the debrief with <laughs> him of that story. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's kind of. I can tell Stephen's not asleep now. He's all fired up. So maybe we should have started with that. This issue. is a topic that angries up the blood. I tell you that. Yeah, and, and and you know, you guys are you guys are correct that you know that's it right. Is, Man, it just is, say that again. No, hang on, hang on. Let me actually. And finish. let's play the closing credits. Okay. Let me actually finish. You guys are correct that the whole you know the whole raping type of thing uh, and stuff like that that is an outrage. But I think we're just. We just need to be careful. We're not, we're not just assuming that he is the father. Let's just I, that, that's where I am, and I think that's where a lot of other people are as well. Is that people are more in the wait and see before they get outraged. But so, let's be okay. honest, podcasts are a lot more interesting when people disagree and argue on it than uh, when we all agree. So <laughs> it's good that we've all got different opinions. So what were you going to say, Dan? Oh, no, just uh, just to reiterate that I'm not sure that it... Yeah, it's about yeah, it's the... the same, about ten times. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And and you'll tell me that I need to wait, and I disagree. Anyway, let's move on. Yeah, okay. So this will be the last issue that we're going to be reviewing tonight, which is The Man with Six Fingers. And I'm it's going to be a quick one, because I don't have this one. I haven't picked this one up. I just want... Oh, is this like a, Has this got something from The Princess Bride? Is there anything there from The Princess Bride? No, not that I can tell. I would have thought you would have been all over this. Because it's I got haven't been to the comic shop. I know. I know. I have to. You've got an idea how busy I'm. <laughs> I'm just winding you up even more. Uh, um, thank you to the comic shop to the weekend. Uh, it's 11.30. I want to go to bed. Hurry up. Yeah. All right. So, brilliant artwork by Alex. Um, now, I wonder how many people in every single uh, panel counted the fingers to see whether he uh, missed one. Um, <laughs> oh, I was counting the fingers to see, is this the guy with six fingers, or is that the guy with six fingers trying to 
keep track of which character was uh, we were looking at. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm sure you're not the first. As, you won't be the first or the last as well. Uh, there's a couple of little funny little, not funny, but a couple of little Easter eggs in uh, page four in the office, which, uh, which I'll let people look at, which is the bigger panel. In yeah, the I, I, I enjoyed those yep. too. Uh, there's a... I'm not sure if that's Harley Quinn on the calendar or not, but um, but yeah. So there's a couple of little little nice little little uh, things from Alex there. The story raced along fairly quickly, which you kind of have to with 22 pages. I will say, not flogging a dead horse, but I did like how it lost at sea with the two parts. We were able to get in depth a lot more compared to this story, where it was a lot more fast paced. Mm. Um, so there's, you know, definitely some, sto- and I like the fact that Egmont has allowed longer stories where where C fit. Um, this is, you know, I I like the plot twists and I liked how, you know, they were pretty clever about what they did and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it was interesting that there wasn't much more development with um, Rex and Captain Lara. Um, uh, well, so- it's like you said, there's not the time for it. Yeah, it's, it's all about the action. I, re- I really like the way that this was structured. The the kidnapping at the start, which you don't really understand, or or you think yes. you understand, but you understand in the wrong way until that you was know, cleverly done. The the true, you know, horror is probably not a a wrong word for it. The the horror of yeah. why the kidnapping has happened and this sort of stuff. You know, it's a very deliberate plan, and um, you know the the like you said, the twists and turns in terms of who's responsible and. Uh, um, you know, uh, thoughts behind it. I, I really liked those elements of it. I really liked the way that so many phantom tropes were brought into it. Again, about you know, they're chaining him to the wall and going, God, he's heavy, and uh, you know, the the phantom being yeah. a heavy person despite his muscular, you know, that sort of thing. That's a that's a Lee Fork thing as well. Um, there was there was a really lot to like about this story. I genuinely enjoyed it. I thought it was a uh, I enjoyed the fast-paced nature of it, probably after mm. reading some of the, the longer stories, like the, the Felmangs tonight, you know, 50 pages that sort of wound on and on and on. Um, Lost at Sea, I, I liked as a story, as I said, you know, but again, it's 40, 50-odd pages. This was a quick, sharp 22, get in and done. It was a done. good dummy read. <laughs> okay, well, that's not where I read it, but I, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's, it's the length that's just the right amount of time for a visit to the tour, unlike some of these other ones where you've got to, like, have a couple of tour trips. <laughs> and, and you know, and I'll, I'll say again, the, the author of this, Clay Sramathi, I really liked his work in this story. So, um, you know, I, I have nothing uh, against him as an author um, other than, you know, we won't go back to it. So, uh, yes. It, this is this is a genuinely good story. Really enjoyed it. Loved the art from Saviuk. The the cover is um, really enjoyable, and um, you know the 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 comic art throughout. Um, you know, I, I, I'm coming on board with you there, Stephen. I think he's um, he's got to be slipping up in terms of the top modern artists for sure. Now, Absolutely. quick question: What happens when the Phantom punches someone with the good mark ring? They get whacked with the good mark ring. Yep. Do they get a good mark on their face? Well, at least temporarily. It, it, it fades. It fades. <laughs> so but does that mean that it fades when someone puts it on their wrist? No. <laughs> uh, there's, there's, 
interesting conversation about that on on our social media. Jump on, have a bit of a look. I liked. Um, I've got to say, I probably liked Trevor Trevor's response to it most of all. Which one? Single was that word. One? He just wrote a single word. Comics. <laughs> <laughs> but it's um yeah, it's, it's an interesting question. I'll let people have jump online, have a look. Uh, if you have anything else, we're still trying to find that page where I believe it was Elf explains how there's a hidden little die pack. To be honest, I'm not really sure about that. I think that's no, I think that's out. I think that's going over the top, and you're explaining things that don't need to be explained. Um, you know, my just... my best explanation is that when he gives the the mark, which is on special occasions, and he's not in the middle of a fight. So it means he has time and stuff like that. So he then puts the die on it and then pushes it into their to their wrist. That's how I personally explain it. Um, but it was an interesting little side note, which I'm which was kind of fun on social media. Yeah, Anything yeah, else sure. you guys want to raise about the comics? Um, I, it, it just would have been nice, probably, if um, in this story he had a, a clever, a cleverer way of getting out of the chains in the dungeon. Um, it really is just okay. I'm just going to have to use brute strength and keep pulling and pulling and pulling until it comes out of the wall. Um, it's not the chain of patience where he wears at it, and I know he doesn't have the time. Um, but the, the, you know, it would have been nice to have some sort of cleverer way to, to escape that. Um, yep. Anyway. Yep. Yep. Interesting. Now. By the time this comes out, 1816 will be out. We have not reviewed this, uh, mainly because uh, not all of us have this comic yet. So next comics and news, we will review it, and we will try not to wait until we have 10 comics to review um, <laughs> so we can actually spend a little bit more time ah. discussing. Through, just um, keep pumping them out. That's the uh, it, it's the glory and it, it's a, it's a curse for don't us. Complain. To... Don't complain. No, no, don't no, no. Complain. It's fantastic. It's just a curse for us as we take if we take a month off. Suddenly you've got two regular comics and three specials have come out. So <laughs> yes. Okay. So thank you guys for tonight. Thank you, Steve, for staying up with us, mate. I um, <laughs> I must admit that's the quietest I've heard you ever sleep. Um, <laughs> 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 How good was that sound at the end of that? Uh, that um, uh, <laughs> the, the, which, the yeah, the, the donkey. There was actually a donkey snoring. For those who are curious, it wasn't Steve at all. Us. Um, I I knew it was coming, and I I laughed so much. Still I was listening to the car, and I almost swerved into the, the next <laughs> lane because I was laughing that much, and I was still laughing five minutes later. It was classic. So, um, yeah, thank you, guys. Um, Dan, Stephen, thank you. So uh, as we finish, let's do our outro, and let's see if I can actually read and say it correctly, unlike the intro. So <laughs> Patreon shout-out, we have our newest Patreons. So this is up to date. We have Petter Borkman, Robert Sheik, which I believe you know, Dan. Yep. And Nathan McKee. So thank you, guys, for joining um, we hope you enjoy what you see at uh, fan, uh, P3, and we also appreciate uh, you chipping in with some of your hard-earned cash to pay for some of the stuff at Chronicle Chamber. Uh, you guys are legends, and everyone else who uh, shouts five five bucks a month and 
or and, whatever as well. And it's worth noting that um, another one of the things that uh, we've been able to do because we have those Patreons getting on board is we've been able to expand our online storage space for the Phantom Preservation Project, which means now that we can put up some of those larger files, the videos, yes. the audio, that sort of stuff. Um, so we're now, um, you know, into that into that next bracket of of storage. Um, only this afternoon, we've put up a whole bunch of uh, extra, uh, as I said, videos. Um, we've put up a whole bunch of extra Friends of the Phantom newsletters. So if you enjoy reading those, you can you can access those there, um, as well yeah. as a whole bunch of other newspaper articles and, and that sort of thing. So yeah. it's really have you guys a, read the Friends of the Phantom newsletters? I've read a few of them. I haven't I haven't read all of the ones have that we've got up online there. Hmm. Stephen? Uh, not lately. Okay. Well, they're, they're great. They're amazing. They're, they're basically, they're what we did, what we're doing now, back in the early 2000s and late 90s. So, if you know, for those who don't know what we're talking about or haven't read it, if you like what we're doing now, it's what it's what we're doing now, back then in the newspaper. Yep. So, the talking is just gone frozen. Just frozen a little bit. Okay. <laughs> well, there was a bit where Stephen was frozen a little bit, and then we realised he was actually asleep. But, uh, <laughs> okay, you're back yeah. now. Anyway, so yeah, so we've got that. Uh, you can find everyth- everything that we talk about uh, regarding news and stuff is all on the website. Uh, it's also on the Reddit message board, um, on our social media, which is Facebook. Uh, Chronicle Chamber Phantom fan page, Phantom Collector Group, Twitter, which is at Chronicle Tweets, and Instagram at Chronicle Chamber. And I'm proud to say that I think we're actually getting the hang of uh, Instagram as well. Um, <laughs> so a few people have started uh, commenting that uh, we're getting a little bit better at our posts, so thank you for that. If you want to email us, chroniclechamber at gmail.com or hit us up on Facebook and stuff like that. Another shout-out, we are doing that... Um, as we discussed before, we are going to be doing that podcast with Dan Herman. So if you're a Patreon uh, supporter and you have questions that you want to be asked, hit us up with those now, and we'll also let you know closer to the date as well. Uh, to get all our podcasts, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Podbean, and other various programs that you use. Um, so I think that's everything on my outro. Stephen, Dan. And always a pleasure, guys. Absolutely. Really good to uh, have the band back together, as they say, and uh, uh, looking forward to being a bit more regular again um, now that we've had our little yes. uh, winter uh, winter break, um, post-supernova <laughs> post siesta. <laughs> it's been good. Yes. We'll be starting talking tomorrow about our next couple of podcasts. We've got some crackers coming up as well, so... Oh, number 100 is getting close. We've been a little bit cheeky adding in these part ones and part twos and A's and B's. There's a reason for that. It's almost, <laughs> it's, it's almost certainly not going to live up to expectations. So um. <laughs> I think it will. All right, guys. Uh, from me, happy fandoming. Thank you, gents. And thank happy you, fandoming. Happy fandoming. Five hundred years ago, he washed ashore the sole survivor of a shipwreck. And upon the skull of the man who killed his dad, he said, I'm mad, I must eradicate piracy, injustice and cruelty. And all my sons will follow me, so evildoers will believe that this man can 
cannot die. The ghost who walks. Enemies beware. The phantom's always there. But you won't find the phantom. He finds you.